AutoTrader makes buying a car easier than ever. How? With the largest inventory of new and used vehicles, AutoTrader lets you shop for cars by monthly payment, so you know what you'll pay before you buy. And you know the prices are good because they're backed by Kelly Blue Book. Finally, it's easy. Start shopping at autotrader.com slash finally it's easy. Help Jews in poverty at helpjewsnow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit helpjewsnow.org. That's helpjewsnow.org. But I think the development of full artificial intelligence will spell the end of the human race. It's a flying object, and we don't know what it is. I would hope somebody is checking it out. I'm glad the Pentagon is looking at this, because if it poses a threat, I want them on top. Well, the craft generates its own gravitational field. The internet has become the command center for criminals and terrorists. That's what we're instructed to say. Roswell, Area 51. Alien kept deep under the ground. and talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. You know what those things are? Aliens, conspiracy, the paranormal, the government, academia, the 24-hour news cycle, propaganda, and the general feeling that we live in the upside down. We do this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we are streaming on Rockfin, YouTube, DLive and Periscope, and we're reading chat in all those places. 
and we're broadcasting live on the Fringe FM, which is a digital radio station. And as always, as you guys are aware, this show is about all those things, but it's also about a two-way conversation. This is not your normal radio show where you tune in and you veg out and uh, maybe uh, watch a ball game at the same time because, well, you're you're bored. And uh, no, th- this is this is a two way conversation that begins with a premise, and the premise is simple. Uh, we talk about all those things I described, and you kind of don't know what you're going to get from night tonight because uh, that's that's part of the excitement here. Uh, you're you're curious about what's going to play, what we're talking about, and sometimes it is UFOs. Like tonight, tonight we're going to talk about UFOs. And uh, it's most shows we do are exactly as described, and uh, meaning that it, it's it's a it's sort of a conversation that's nonlinear, and it's open ended. Meaning that uh, if you guys have um, any I, anything to add to the conversation, that's why we do it live. That's why we've always done it live, and it really is the secret weapon of this show. Of this, it, it, like I said, less a show, more of a conversation. And so as we do this, and uh, as I ramble and get to the point here, uh, basically we're streaming live to include you as part of this. So if you want to be part of the show tonight, you can give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And you could join the Discord at troubledminds.org. That would be the official website. And Discord, of course, is a chat client. It's a voice client, and you can uh, it's free. It's totally free. Basically, uh, it's it's... Base, it, it's it's you know how you know how you can look at most of the internet and just kind of hold your nose and go okay you know uh, you know what I'm talking about some of those websites out there you know like Facebook one of those ones right I'm sorry I hate to hate to bring it bring it to that but you know there are some some websites out there where you're just kind of like shaking your head like what am I doing here uh, but other times uh, there's very nice things on the internet and Discord is definitely one of them so uh, as we continue and stream tonight and do our thing uh, we are taking your calls at that number and uh, also on Discord like I said it's a chat client voice client and it's totally free totally free so you can be on the show worldwide without any costs. Uh, what's up, guys? I see you in the chat. And how is everybody there? Thanks for showing up. Like I said, I'm reading all the chat as we go, trying to do 10 things at once. And uh, that's all okay. That's okay by me. I'll do my best to keep up with you guys. And uh, that's what's going on. So so tonight, right, uh, we were thinking of some things to do because we are new on Rockfin, if you guys haven't noticed. Uh, we've been uh, talking a lot about this because, well, censorship. Censorship is a thing. And they've run, of off of, uh, run us off of several platforms now, demonetized on YouTube, of course, for a very long time. Uh, Facebook has completely decimated our reach so that we can't even be a part of a conversation there anymore because, well, uh, like I said, 40,000 plus followers and 10 people show up. Uh, that's, uh, that seems, well, uh, uncanny. That seems, that seems mathematically impossible, let's say. But, well... If uh, the technocrats are going to play dirty tricks and shut down reach and whatnot, then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll adapt, we'll change, we'll grow, we'll be different, we'll be better. And that's what we're doing here. So like I said, we're, uh, we're, we're talking about UFOs tonight as part of these streams, as part of the radio broadcast. And it got me thinking, right, uh, talking about maybe introducing ourselves to the Rockfin audience here, is that uh, we, we really haven't kind of delved into uh, any historical UFO type stuff in quite a while because most stuff we do on this show is current events, right? We'll usually start with some current event. Uh, usually it's some weird, twisted, scientific thing, breakthrough thing like we did last night. 
and uh, kind of follow where that conversation goes from there. But tonight, tonight is going to be a little different. Like I said, we're going to do the top five UFO encounters of all time. And of course, right, compiling that list, uh, there's a there's a ton of stuff. There's there's an unbelievable amount of uh, really really weird and bizarre stories out there that are um, just compelling, inexplicable, and all the rest of this. Okay, and so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And as as like I said, we we we're calling this the summer of saucers. All right, the summer of saucers. Because why? At the end of June, we started with the UAP report, which as everybody uh, is aware of now, we did a whole show on that the day it broke and talked about how the government is finally going to tell us all about the UFOs. They're going to tell us all about the alien menace or whatever, right? Now, however, now, however, um, it was well, let's say uh, hailed as a. <clears throat> nothing burger and nothing burger. So uh, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's what that was all about. And it, so it kicked off the summer of saucers and, you know, people are talking about congressional hearings and all kinds of other stuff for UFOs. But I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. They've had 70 years to get this right. Uh, starting with Roswell's more than 70 years, uh, the supposed Roswell crash in, of course, New Mexico. And uh, well, now we're here. We are supposedly uh, waiting on them to, to give us some groundbreaking information that really didn't come. It was, again, a big nothing burger. They added a new category called aerial clutter, if you guys remember that, which is kind of LOL. But what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? Um, so so that's why we're talking about this tonight, uh, to, to really frame this in the sense of uh, the government is trying to tell us, look, uh, we have these particular UFOs, the Tic Tacs. Everybody knows the Tic Tacs, right? We've talked about them ad nauseum from day one when they when these things first hit for, for years now, literally years. And this is supposed to be disclosure. This is supposed to be that we're not alone in the universe. Here you go. Here's the evidence. And then they present no evidence. And then we have these same Tic Tac videos that have been talked about for three stinking years, three years now, more than that. So, okay, if you're going to if you're going to make me believe the government actually is trying to bring about disclosure of what may be out there, what they know about it, you got to do better than three, three videos in three years. Okay. And again, like I've always said, and this is a, a perfect representation of my thoughts on that, is that. Not only were those three Tic Tac videos, right? The, uh, what were they? Fleer, Go Fast, and uh, uh, what was it? Uh, I can't remember the third one. Uh, Fleer, Gimbal, Go Fast. Fleer, yeah, Fleer 1, Gimbal, Go Fast. Those were the three. And so, so with those, those three videos were very similar, okay? Even though they weren't uh, from the exact same incident uh, in, in all three cases there, the UFOs presented to us were one tiny slice of all the UFOs over the last 70 years or even 100 years or however far you want to go back. And that's what kind of made me suspicious, right? The more, the more I talk about this and the more I think about these things, the more I become suspicious of what the government's up to. So we're not going to talk about that tonight. Not really. Kind of just in the periphery of this. But if you look at, again, if you look into to history, there's some very rich stories uh, regarding uh, UFOs and uh, actual encounters with Again, right? They, they talk about the witnesses with the Tic Tac stuff and say, oh, but these are fighter pilots, they're trained observers, and you know they wouldn't make this stuff up and all the rest of this, right? Which is fine. I think that's a fantastic argument if you're talking about UFOs and all the rest of this. But if you, uh, you, know, you, can't, if you apply that to the folks today, you have to apply that if something happened in 1948 and it was a fighter pilot that actually encountered the thing. 
You see what I'm saying? So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. There's a whole bunch of stuff in history here. We're going to go through my top five anyway and uh, look at some of the ridiculous things that have happened, been actually investigated by uh, things like Project Blue Book or in some cases uh, the actual Air Force of uh, Brazil, which we're going to get to tonight as well. But here we go. So let's let's begin. Uh, once again, this is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. If you want to be part of the show tonight, give us a call. Phone number is right here, and you can reach us at 702-957-1037, and click the Discord link at troubledminds.org. Come join us there. All right, let's go. Let's uh, let's roll. Let's begin here. There you go. Ronnie says, uh, YouTube didn't notify me. Weird, right? Weird. <laughs> oh, what's up, Jack? TikTok, Tic Tac videos, right? Yeah, that's kind of what this is, isn't it? That's kind of what this is. All right, so let's begin here. Now, I was, uh, again, digging through a whole bunch of these. And you guys, some of you have seen this because we kind of had a sneak preview for the um, the Patreon supporters. Uh, so, by the way, uh, if you are a Patreon supporter of this show, thank you very much. We're going to do away with Patreon and see if we can move those folks over to Rockfin. So, if you're, uh, if you're thinking about continuing to support the show, thank you very much. Uh, I will put up a video on Patreon describing why we're doing that because, of course, if you didn't know, Patreon is also in the censorship censorship business. So it's only a matter of time before we get kicked off of there as well because, well, you know you know how the world works. But okay, so anyway, just, uh, just as a... a, a uh, housekeeping tip there. All right, so let's continue. This is, there was, now there's an incident called the Gorman dogfight, all right? Now, the Gorman dogfight, of course, this is straight from Wikipedia, which we'll, we'll get off of this in just a sec. I just want to make sure that you see that there is a historical context here, and even sites like Wikipedia have to really uh, discuss these things as they are, right? This is, again, the official story because it's basically technocrat approved right here on what I like to call the Ministry of Truth, which is actually just, um, yeah, uh, uh, Wikipedia. But anyway, the Gorman dogfight was a widely publicized UFO incident which took place on October 1st, 1948, in the skies over Fargo, North Dakota, in the United States, of course. Uh, U.S. Air Force Captain Edward J. Ruppelt wrote in his best-selling and influential The UFO uh, the report on unidentified flying objects that the dogfight was one of three classic UFO incidents in 1948 that proved to Air Force intelligence specialists that UFOs were indeed real. All right. And so uh, and then there's a couple more that they mention here. Uh, I'm not going to go into those because, well, they're probably less important here. But. All right, so here we go. Here's the background of this. Again, this is from Wikipedia. And as you guys know, if you are uh, uh, into this, you've heard of this, maybe you have your, your own idea of what should belong in the top five of UFO incidents, give us a call. Love to hear your thoughts. But here we go. So the background is this. Although he was only 25 years old when the incident occurred, George F. Gorman was a veteran a fighter pilot of World War II. After the war, he became the manager of a construction company. He also served as a second lieutenant in the North Dakota National Guard. On October 1st, 1948, Gorman was participating in a cross-country flight with other National Guard pilots. He was flying a P-51 Mustang. His flight arrived over Fargo at approximately 8.30 p.m., Although the other pilots decided to land at Fargo's Hector Airport, Gorman decided to take advantage of the clear, cloudless conditions and get in some night flying time. So he kept flying. He stayed aloft. Uh, and around 9 p.m., he flew over a stadium. Now, this is, this is the important part of the story. One of the most important parts is that we don't just have a trained observer as a fighter pilot. We have 
hundreds of witnesses that were actually at this stadium. I believe it was a football game that was going on down below. But okay, so he so he did. Uh, he he flew over uh, the. Let's see. Hold on. Where are we at? Uh, okay. Oh yeah. So so he, he so he's flying around. Uh, he stays out at 9 p.m. He flew over the stadium where a high school football game was being held, and he noticed a small Piper Cub plane flying some 500 feet below him. Otherwise, the skies appeared clear. All right. Now this is where this begins, and the uh, the crazy part is, like I said, so we have just like tonight, just like today, with the Tic Tac UFOs and the rest of this. We have a trained observer, a, a fighter pilot, a veteran of World War II, actually saw combat. And again, right, like those folks back in the old days, uh, you had to be able to identify aircraft, what kind of aircraft it was, because it could mean your life. You had to be able to identify them with a, in a snap of a finger. You didn't have fancy uh, heads-up displays and uh, electronics doing all this stuff. It was much of the stuff was fly by the seat of your pants and recognize things with a keen eye and uh, a, you know, a, a, um, like I said, trained observers. They have to be. They have to be. Their life depends on it. So, okay. So then uh, as, as this continues, right, so he's flying over this football game and wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you know it, he sees... Not just this Piper Club, uh, Piper Cub plane. Now, if you if you look up what a Piper Cub plane is, it's just a really small, tiny private plane. All right, that's all this really is. But if you uh, it, it, so so notice he described exactly the type of plane he saw with his own eyeballs. All right, 1948. So this guy's like, okay, I see the the plane 500 feet below me. Everything else is clear. And he confirmed that information with the, ra- the, the, the radar tower at, uh, I believe it was Hector, Hector Air Force Base, uh, or, or the H- Hector Airport, I'm sorry. And so he, uh, right, so now everything's clear. He's flying over this football game. And what do you think he sees? How do you think this begins? Um, and, and of course, this was studied by Project Blue Book. Everybody knows Project Blue Book. That was one of the, the very original uh, UFO investigations uh, brought about by the government, by uh, the actual Air Force, United States Air Force. Um, let's see. Um, hey, what's up, Ronnie? You don't, have to, uh, you don't have to sign up. Rockfin is actually free. So if you go and it's, it pops up and says uh, sign up, just I think you can cancel away and then just sign up for free. So if anybody has done that and can help Ronnie with that, I appreciate that. Uh, it, is, it is a free thing. You do not have to uh, sub up. You can. Uh, that The option to help us out is there. Uh, however, um, you, it's completely free. You don't have to, you don't have to pay. So, so thank you for checking that out. Uh, it is true that uh, you do not have to pay to be on Rockfin. So there you go. But okay, so as we continue talking about this, what's up, guys? I see everybody else there on Rockfin. Yep. Uh, yep. Got some folks showing up and adding us. Good stuff. Okay. So, so th- that's that's where this begins. All right. He's flying in. He comes with his uh with his buddies. They land. He wants some night flying time, and uh, he he flies over this football stadium again. Right. Clear skies. He's looking around him. The only thing he notices and verifies with the radar control is there's one other plane in the sky in the area. That's it. This little plane called a Piper Cub, and it's 500 feet below him. Right. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying here is that uh, if we have to, if we're going to give the same amount of uh, uh, believability to a modern fighter pilot and say, okay, well, you know, guys like uh, uh, for, uh, you know Commander David Fravor, if you're familiar with the story, or uh, Com- uh, Lieutenant Commander Dietrich, I think is their titles there. Uh, they said they saw a UFO. They saw these Tic Tacs uh, skimming the water, go- going up and 
down super fast and all kinds of stuff, right? Flying back to their cap point. And if you know the story, then it's compelling for sure. 100%. It's worthy of uh, looking into, okay? It's worthy of considering as what are these things in the sky, all right? So, and that's what we're talking about tonight. Kind of not just uh, with the fact that uh, we have the same thing going on in 1948, which we're about to get to, because of course, it's, it just starts there, where he, he's like, like, almost like everything, right? Everything starts with, it was a normal day, <laughs> right? Nothing unusual was happening. And then all of a sudden, cue the music, right? Dun, dun, dun. And then what? What happens then? Yeah, he notices in the sky, that's right, a UFO. A UFO. And so a trained fighter pilot notices 500 feet below him a Piper Cub plane, uh, recognizing it enough to describe exactly what type of plane it is, about how fast it's moving, what direction it's going, how far away from him it is, right? Like I said, trained observers, they have to know these things. And so, uh, so how, how do you reconcile the two guys? If you have, a, again, a modern fighter pilot that we have to take at their word, and I'm not saying that the, any of these people are liars, but I'm saying if you, t- if you have to take the modern guys, the modern fighter pilots at their word for these Tic Tacs, don't you also have to take 1948 and Gorman, this pilot? His name is Gorman, and last name is Gorman. Do we have to take his account as, uh, as actual uh, uh, truth as well? I mean, he's a fighter pilot just the same, combat veteran of World War II. You would expect if he saw something in the sky and didn't know what it was, it would be something, right? It would be something, right? Um, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so, Doombud. There's no, there's, no, there's no shenanigans with Rockfin as far as I'm aware. So uh, no, no crypto mining there. Um, what's up, guys? What's up, folks? I see you guys in the chat. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for hanging out. Okay, so, uh, so, so this is, again, so let's get back to this. Now, the Gorman, now, this is how it begins. Like I said, he's flying over this football stadium. So those are the things he notices. Clear skies, one plane in the sky. He recognized exactly what kind of plane it was. He's got this football game that he's flying over, and it's about 9 p.m., all right? 9 p.m. his time in, uh, where was this? This is in Fargo, North Dakota in 1948, all right? Uh, So here we go. Um, uh, Yeah, see, uh, you guys are in the chatter. You're right about a lot of this stuff here. Okay, so here we go. So that's what happens, okay? Now... Uh, he now now this is the thing at about 907 p.m. Gorman contacted the control tower at Hector Airport and asked if it had any other air traffic in the air other than his P-51 which he was flying and the Piper Cub which he noticed flying 500 feet below him Uh, the tower answered that it did not there was no extra aircraft in the sky on radar or anywhere else no visible of anything else Uh, and so he said uh, uh, okay and then Let's see. Let's see. Okay. And then, so he did see, now this is where he sees him out to his West. He sees another object. When he looked for the outline of a wing or a fuselage or propellers or whatever to see to, to identify this, as you would expect a fighter pilot to do, you see something in the sky, you try and identify what it is. Is it friend or foe? All right. So he's checking. And of course there's no visible flight surfaces. Where have we heard this before? There's no wings. There's no fuselage. There's no anything that actually uh, uh, depicts this thing as being a, a plane at all. 
It, it looks like very much like we're describing here, a tic-tac UFO or a glowing orb or something to this effect, right? Very similar how these stories kind of shake out, right? And so he calls into the radar control at Hector Airport, and they say, negative, nothing on radar. Uh, we've only got, uh, you know, you, that plane, and that's it. Clear skies. So what do you think this thing is? And again, right, just because this happened in 1948, should we just discount this pilot's testimony because ah, we, we were dumber in 1948 as, as people? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. We didn't have the internet back then. <laughs> but uh, you get my point, right? So he spots this UFO. He actually sees a UFO, and he's calling in to get to, get to verify with the control tower. And uh, what do you think happens? It's about to get spicy. So what we're talking about tonight is the top five UFO encounters of all time. All right. And we're starting with the Gorman UFO dogfight. That's right. It's a dogfight. So he's, he notices this UFO out there. And we'll get to this after the break and we'll continue with this story. But when he notices this thing, he starts to wonder what's going on. And like any good fighter pilot, right, he turns toward it and begins to engage, meaning he's going to investigate, get closer, and he's going to see what's going on with this mysterious light in the sky. And uh, that's what's going on tonight. That's what we're talking about. And uh, I hope you dig this type of stuff. This is, uh, like I said, when you kind of look at things in historical contexts and go back to actual UFO investigations, there are some pretty amazing things that happened in the past that, like I said, were not discussed in the UFO report that happened in June or, well, almost anywhere else. Everything's tic-tac, 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 UFO. And, well, we're about to see we have a actual dogfight happening in 1948 with a P-51 Mustang plane. So that's what we're talking about tonight, the top five UFO encounters of all time. And we'd love to hear from you. If you want to be part of the show tonight, give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. This is Trouble Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More after the break. Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. All right, welcome back to Troubled Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're taking your phone calls tonight. 
you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And we are streaming on Rockfin, DLive, YouTube, and Periscope. And, of course, we are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. If you want to come join us in the chat, troubledminds.org. Click the Discord link. Also, join us in the Fringe Discord chat, fringe.fm slash chat. Come say hi. Like I said, we're uh, we're big fans of Discord on this uh, show because uh, it's an amazing program. It's totally free, and you can communicate with people all over the world. It's incredible. Uh, but tonight, tonight, back to the topic. Uh, we're not sponsored by Discord, I promise. You just have to say nice things about uh, great software when they make it. So uh, I truly believe that, and that's why I bring them up all the time. Uh, so there we go. But uh, tonight, we're talking about UFOs, UFOs in a historical context, meaning that, uh, you know, we've called this the Summer of Saucers in that we had the UFO report at the end of June that unfortunately ended up being a gigantic nothing burger, right? That's uh, that's probably the general description. Some people found a nugget of, you know, interesting information in there. Uh, but for the most part, it was a whole lot of nothing. Uh, but, you know, like I said, in, in, in the terms of the last couple, three years, UFOs have become a mainstream topic. And that's good, right? Unless, of course, the mainstream information that's coming out of it uh, with the news and with these tic-tac UFOs that they keep putting up. You guys have seen it, the, the gun camera footage and the little things out there that are kind of moving around. Uh, very fuzzy footage. That's all we've got, right? We've got, uh, we got some, uh, some fighter pilots talking to each other going, whoa, bro, it's a UFO. And it seems, it all, all of it seems a little bit sus. And so if we're talking disclosure and we're getting that from the government, uh, it makes me suspicious, especially in, in the context of history, meaning that uh, there are a ton of old UFO cases that are compelling as hell. And they have almost nothing to do with this Tic Tac type stuff that we're seeing now. Like, uh, yeah, it, uh, there's some amazing encounters. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We kind of uh, we're digging through some of these old encounters. And I picked out five that I think are the most incredible ufo encounters ever of all time and, and this is what i mean let's say modern history let's call it that but the thing is this if you if you spend any time looking at the skies and you've seen something strange out there and odds are you have right odds are you have because why else are you here you know what i'm saying uh, or maybe you know somebody who's seen something or etc right if you spend any time looking at the sky and you do it a lot you're going to see something strange i've seen some weird stuff out there of course, I live in Las Vegas, and Area 51's right here, and we got Nellis Air Force Base. So you would expect to see some strange things in the sky, right? So that's the thing. I, I don't know. Like, considering this Tic Tac stuff, that's what makes me frustrated about all of it, is where we have this, this strange bit of, of uh, it almost seems like propaganda, like UFO propaganda. And so in kind of framing it that way and saying, okay, if, if the, U, the United States has some sort of maybe, uh, I don't know, hi, hypersonic drones or I don't know, plasma projections, like I've said in the past, I don't know what these things are. All right. But do I think they're actual like little green men flying these objects? Mm, I would be very, very suspicious of that because not because I don't believe aliens are out there. Surely I do. The universe is far too large for it to not be uh, for them to not be out there somewhere. But do I believe that if that was the case, the U.S. government would, would give us access to, to footage like that? I don't think so at all. I think if they actually had that, they'd keep it locked up 
really nicely and never let us see it because it would undermine everything. It would undermine the government. Anyway, so that's kind of my point tonight is looking at uh, the from the summer of saucers this summer here as we get into late August and uh, maybe getting into the fall. What will the fall be, by the way? What is autumn going to be after the summer of saucers? The uh, the UFO hangover letdown. <laughs> what's gonna What's gonna happen? Is it uh, Is it going to be uh, congressional hearings on UFOs? That's what people are pushing for. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. And maybe uh, give us a tongue in cheek name for what the, this fall is going to be regarding UFOs. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe we get the the nothing burger of the nothing burgers. But okay. So anyway, uh, with these Tic Tac UFOs uh, in mind as what we're seeing tonight meaning in the sky in in uh in in the propaganda world of mass media this is all that comes up right the tic tacs the tic tacs the gun the gun camera footage the you know uh, commander fravor and Com- uh, lieutenant commander dietrich and these people right and like i said i have no reason to believe they're lying to us not at all they they saw what they saw but my point is if you trust them because they're trained observers naval aviators the whole thing why can't you trust this guy from 1948? And his name, of course, that's right. Name is, where is it? Uh, bah, 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 bah. This is uh, Gorman, the Gorman dogfight, right? And the individual in, in question here is George F. Gorman, a World War II veteran fighter pilot. And so as we uh, just recap the story real quick, he was flying into, uh, where was this? Fargo, North Dakota. And he flew over a football game going on below him, a high school football game. He saw one plane in the sky and he saw, um, what did he see? Uh, That's it. There was one plane, clear skies, nighttime, about 9.07 p.m. And he sees twinkling in the distance. That's right. You better believe it. He sees a UFO. All right. And this is where it starts to get a little crazy because, of course, what does he do? What exactly does he do? Yeah, he does what any fighter pilot would do. And he, he moves in closer to investigate. He turns his plane toward the UFO and starts to move in to take a look. Like we said when we uh, just before we took the break there, it was uh, it was not anything at all regarding uh, a fuselage, uh, wings, Nothing like this. No flight structure whatsoever. He couldn't recognize anything at all. No actual terrestrial plane to his knowledge. And he's an expert. Again, he's an expert fighter pilot, fighter combat pilot from World War II. You better believe if he saw something in the sky and it was an airplane, he would be able to tell you exactly what it was. So, okay, so that's what happens. He turns toward this. He starts to investigate. And what happens? What do you think happens? Yeah, yeah, the UFO starts to evade him the ufo begins to duck dodge and weave and it uh he starts like now he's engaged literally engaged in a dogfight with a ufo and all right so let's go this is from the uh from the uh history history.com i i linked it in the chat if you guys want to check it out as always uh i encourage you to, to check out these sources and read this stuff yourself just so you could see that i'm not i'm being transparent about this i can't tell you what these things are i don't know what ufos are all right i don't know but what i can tell you is look there are sources out there that corroborate the information i talk about and so that's why it's important to me as part of that transparency process as well as the phone number that you can reach me tonight or pretty much anytime you could the phone number is persistent you can leave us a voicemail and i will hear it and uh if uh, if it's appropriate i will play it on the show and so there you go if you want to be one more time you want to be part of the show have you heard of this the gorman ufo dogfight and uh do you think it actually belongs on the list of the top five ufo encounters 
ever. Looking for your feedback tonight, 702-957-1037. So here we go. Uh, uh, da, da, here we go. So now, uh, so what makes the Gorman dogfight unique in the now classified, declassified pages of Project Blue Book is not only the length of the encounter, but that it was recorded both on the ground and and in the sky by numerous reputable sources. And of course, this was the, the air traffic control at uh, Hector Airport. You have the, the hundreds of witnesses down at the high school football game. And as anybody knows, in, uh, in Fargo, they, they take their football, their high school football seriously. So there, there's a lot of people there, right? And uh, that's what this is all about. So then he notices this light in the sky, and he, he turns his aircraft to bear and starts to pursue. And then what happens? Yep, you got it. It, it turns into an actual dogfight. He's chasing this thing. It's chasing him back and forth. And here we go, straight from this article on history.com. Uh, so let's see all the other pilots land. He Okay, so deciding to follow, uh, Gorman tried in vain to catch up with the object. He's trying to catch this thing now, this glowing light in the sky that's moving around. It seems to ha- have its own autonomy. It's not what you would describe as what a, a weather balloon or something like this. It's actually moving around faster than his airplane. Okay, so here we go. So he he goes following it and reporting that he finally got behind it at around seven thousand feet altitude, where it made a sharp turn and headed straight for him, heading straight for his P fifty one airplane. All right, uh, almost at the point of collision, Gorman dived and said the light passed over his canopy at about five hundred feet before cutting sharply once more and heading back his in his direction. Just as collision seemed imminent, once again, Gorman said the object shot straight up in the air on a steep climb, so steep that when he tried to intercept, his plane stalled at about 14,000 feet. Now, look, this is the craziest part about this. So he, he brings the plane to bear, and this thing responds, literally responds to what he's doing, and it starts flying directly at him, all right? And then it it dives, and then he, he turns to chase it again. It comes back. Again, collision course twice. This thing is like play, like this UFO is playing chicken with this man. And it comes right at him again and then shoots straight up at such a degree, such an angle that his plane stalls trying to go up to catch it. Now, once again, right, this is 1948. This is not today. This is not the same Tic Tacs today. But notice it's interesting that uh, a lot of the same stuff is working uh, exactly like they described, like uh, Fravor and these guys described with the Tic Tacs in, in, the, in those incidents, right? So, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's just strange that we have these incidents that go way back. Like I said, this is 1948, 1948 guys and so was he was he confused by venus in the night sky was this a weather balloon as they wrote it off as time things like this i think this is the problem that if you go back and look like i said if if you take it in a, into account of what's his name uh fravor and, and dietrich and these these guys uh, uh is it is it the same situation where uh, we, we should trust this guy because he is a trained aviator right um, so anyway, <laughs> Jack, stop it. All right. So here we go. Uh, let, uh, there you go. That, that's what this is. And so it ends up. All right. So how does this end up? How does this story end up? Like I said, we're talking about the top five UFO encounters of all time. And um, yeah, this one is the Gorman dogfight. So then he he sketched this up. I'm going to put it up on the stream and you guys can see exactly what's going on here. And uh, let's see. The sound is not working. Everything should be fine. Everything should be fine. Sound wise. Sound check, guys. One, two. Now, okay. So uh, this is a he drew this diagram of I- exactly how the incident went down. And l- if you look at this, right, if you look at this actual diagram, uh, it's it's uh, this is this is extremely detailed. He, he d- describes the how the entire incident with this UFO went with the dogfight and everything else. And you see, like 
as soon as he, he landed, he, he debriefed and he wrote all this stuff down so he didn't forget the details. And as you can see, if you're looking at this, it is incredibly detailed. Like telling you the, the altitude, elevation, all this stuff, where, where the UFO came at him, how he turned to chase it, and all the rest of that. Uh, let's see. Sound not working. Uh, let's see. There's something going on. All right. So, uh, so anyway, we're going to keep on trucking here. And uh, if uh, we have an internet problem or something, I have no idea. But uh, let me know on the streams. Are we, are we sounding good out there? Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Let's see. Uh, keep having problems with voice on Discord. Uh, yeah. All right. What's up? Okay. Talk stream live is where the problems happen. Okay. So, so we got uh, radio issues, but I think the streams are still working. But okay. So anyway, you get the idea. How this ends up, of course, is uh, he says there's definite thought behind its maneuvers. This thing was not uh, just just a uh, a simple. Like I said, a weather balloon or something like Venus in the night sky. He was actually being chased by this thing, and he was actually chasing this UFO. Okay, so shaken by the encounter, the pilot went on to report he noticed no sound, no exhaust trail or odor from the object, and while he reached speeds of up to 400 miles per hour while in suit, while in pursuit, he couldn't keep up with whatever it was. So... So once again, right, we have this actual dogfight that happened with the UFO and this guy, hundreds of witnesses down on the ground. All right. Hundreds of witnesses because they were flying over this football game at night. And so what does this mean? Like, like, again, 1948, we didn't have that technology then. So this is this is my point. There are way more compelling incidents in history than just this tic-tac stuff that they keep kind of stuffing down our throat you guys all know what i'm talking about so here we go so we're, we're done with this one there's some more links if you guys want to check it out it's called the gorman dogfight october 1st 1948 in fargo north dakota and uh yeah so it he ends up chasing this thing it chases him and after after the whole incident he's shaken because he's never seen he has never seen anything like this because, of course, no flight surfaces, no smell, no anything. He was traveling up to 400 miles per hour in his plane, the P-51 Mustang, and he could not catch this thing. The altitude was too steep to chase up. He couldn't chase it anywhere else because it was too fast, and it was basically flying circles around him. At that point, maybe not a state-of-the-art aircraft, but definitely it was a fighter fighter plane. So it's, it was no slouch, right? So anyway, that's what we're talking about tonight, the top five UFO encounters, and uh, that's the Gorman UFO dogfight. Happened in 1948, and we have, a, again, a very credible witness, and lots of witnesses at the Hector Airport, the air traffic control, Lots of witnesses down on the ground at the football game. And this is what I'm saying, right? And if you compare that just apples to apples against the stuff that happened today, that the UFO stuff on uh, the Tic Tacs and that stuff, that was all naval, right? That, that was all Navy. That was all fighter pilots. There were no civilian witnesses. There were no air traffic control civilian witnesses at all. It was all military data. All right. So you see what I'm saying? The point is that the two things are similar except for all the witnesses in 1948 in this Gorman UFO dogfight. So there we go. What's up? You're fine here and on Rockfin, Mike, just so you know. Thank you. So the streams are working. We're having issues with Fringe. We'll keep on, uh, we'll keep on trucking. Hopefully it uh, irons itself out. Everything looks fine on my end. I didn't push a, push a dummy button and turn anything off. So it should be, it should be rolling. So thank you, for the, uh, thank you for the sound checks, guys. Okay, so that's the first one. Now, again, right, uh, the Gorman UFO dogfight, 1948. Now, 
we're going to continue talking about this. But like I said, uh, do you guys have any uh, comment on this so far? Do you think there are more that we should talk about? Can you think of, uh, have you heard of this particular UFO incident? And if you have, uh, love to hear from you. If you want to be part of the show, as you know, we do this live to include you. Give us a call, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And we're talking about UFOs tonight. And not just UFOs, the top five UFO encounters of all time. All right, so there you go. All right, so let's uh, let's keep on trucking with this there's more let's uh, get started on this next one before we go to the break here um uh, now this one here let's see gorman ufo dogfight not that all right now how about this one many of you guys have heard this one uh, of course this is probably one of the most famous in the last 20 years uh, actual ufo incidents and it is known as the phoenix lights and now this is what i'm talking about if we're looking at in a historical context of the, the Tic Tacs now, like this is supposed to be disclosure. If you go back in history, there are incidents that happened that are just way more out there and compelling than these goofy uh, gun camera footage we get today and expected to believe that this is disclosure, right? That's kind of my point here as we're, uh, we're kind of lining things up and discussing them as we go. Um, there we go. So Robert, there you go. I see you in the chat. My top five, top five UFO incidents. So there we go. We're starting there. We're starting with the Gorman UFO dogfight. Now we're going to the Phoenix lights. Now, this one, again, this is a little bit weird because not only do we have this maybe triangle-shaped object that's flying into Phoenix, uh, we have thousands of witnesses. Again, thousands of witnesses. And you see how these things are different, very different from these, uh, the one that's coming out of the, the Navy at this point. Because, like I said, we have only military witnesses. And in, in particular, that's what makes me suspicious about this, because we don't have any civilian contact. It's just basically, uh, as you know, we can, uh, we can uh, um, uh, concoct a narrative, okay, if we, we get uh, official information coming from the government, coming from the U.S. Navy, okay? So that's, the, that's again, that's the thing that makes me suspicious. So here we go. The, the Phoenix Lights, as you guys know, uh, were a series of widely sighted, unidentified flying objects or UFOs observed in the skies over the U.S. states of Arizona, Nevada, and the Mexican state of Sonora. It happened March 13th, 1997. And um, uh, here we go. Lights of varying descriptions were seen by thousands of people between 7.30 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time in a space of about 300 miles from the Nevada line through Phoenix to the edge of Tucson. There were two distinct events involved in the incident, a triangular formation of lights seen to pass over the state and a series of stationary lights seen in the Phoenix area. The United States Air Force identified the second group of lights as flares, of course, wink, wink, flares, dropped by an A-10 Warthog aircraft that were on training exercises at the Barry Goldwater Ridge in southwest Arizona. Witnesses claimed to observe a huge carpenter's square-shaped UFO containing five spherical lights or possibly light-emitting engines. And yeah, so that's how this one begins. And once again, right, uh, like I said, if you look at history, there's a lot more out there. And it seems strange to me that if we're going with a government disclosure report, some of these things, some of these amazing things that have happened in the past, they didn't even get mentioned. Right. And so this is what I'm saying. When you control a narrative and you try and make people believe a certain thing about UFOs in particular, um, well, you 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 basically cherry pick your UFO sightings to not include 
civilian sightings. The first one, hundreds of sight, hundreds of uh, civilians witnessed at the football game, the air traffic control, and the actual fighter pilot himself, right? In this case, we have thousands of people that witnessed this thing, and there were two incidents, of course, sure, fine. Let's write one off as uh, flares that they said dropped from the A-10 Warthog. Fine. That's fine. Training exercise. But what about this one? What about the one that looks like, yeah, uh, looks like this, looks like this exact picture right here. And I'll blow this up on the screen. And so that's an artist representation, okay, of what this actually is, the, this, uh, this Phoenix Lights thing, okay? That's what uh, they described people had seen up in the sky. And it hovered. It was silent. Again, thousands of people saw this. For 106 minutes on March 13th, people saw something like this V-shaped object flying over Arizona. And uh, so what is this? What in the world could this be? I think that's the bizarre question and what we're doing tonight and uh, kind of discussing in historical context why these uh, Tic Tac UFOs are not the most amazing sightings ever. So why in the hell is the government using them as a justification uh, for disclosure, right? This is what I'm talking about. What about this? What about the Gorman UFO? What about the ones we're going to get to as we continue talking? Now, I know 1997 and Phoenix, Arizona, is close enough that, uh, and not too long ago, that maybe we have people out there that were maybe in Phoenix at that time. Is there anybody out there who actually saw these things or uh, know somebody who, who witnessed the Phoenix lights in, back in 1997? Uh, love to hear from you. As you guys know, we're, we do this to include you. So tonight we're talking about the top five UFO incidents of all time. And not only that, why uh, I, I am very suspicious of the Summer of Saucers, meaning the UFO report that came out in June and how they keep citing these same three videos of these Tic Tacs. I've told you guys a lot on this show what I think about that in particular, but here's another reason why. This is another case against that as being disclosure, all right? And it means that uh, there's a lot more compelling cases in history. And that's what we're talking about tonight, the top five UFO cases of all time. And uh, you'll see that there's some amazing stuff as we continue. So we're still talking about the Phoenix Lights, and we'll uh, we'll get there and uh, continue talking about this. But as you know, we're taking your phone calls tonight. If you want to be part of the show, 702 702- Nine five seven one zero three seven. That's seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. You can also join the Discord at troubledminds.org, and we're gonna just keep on trucking, talking about UFOs tonight. And uh, what do you think? If you had to maybe pick a top three or a top five or a top UFO crazy UFO encounter that you've heard in folklore or mythology or read somewhere on from Project Blue Book or wherever else, what do you think that is? I'm giving you my list tonight, and like I said, there's some compelling stuff out there. There are some some sightings you just can't easily explain away, and well, that's what we're doing tonight. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here, and uh, we're going to keep on trucking, talking about UFOs tonight. So one more time, I'm Michael Strange. This is Troubled Minds, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. Don't go anywhere. More UFOs, the Phoenix Lights, and more after the break.
finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. We are talking about healing, the healing abduction phenomenon. The aliens are, are looking through your eyes and they're accessing your optic nerve. That optic nerve, they're transferring to your Broadcasting live from a secret bunker just off the extraterrestrial highway. Somewhere in the desert sands outside of Las Vegas. Somewhere in space-time, loosely labeled Generation X on planet Earth. And asking questions of you in earnest. Into the digital darkness. Alright, good evening and welcome to Troubled Minds Radio. I'm being told we're not actually on the radio. But uh, everything seems to be loud and clear. Everything looks good on my end, so if it's a technical issue, I'm sorry about that. But uh, all right, this is the show where we get together and talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. Of course, that would be aliens, conspiracy, paranormal. That would be the government, academia, and the 24-hour news cycle. And of course, propaganda and the general feeling that we live in the upside down we are streaming on Rockfin, DLive, YouTube, and Periscope, and we're broadcasting live on the Fringe FM, and we're taking your phone calls tonight as we discuss the top five UFO sightings of all time. Now, of course, you probably ask a thousand people, you get a different list from everybody, but these are the ones I think are most compelling, of course, in light of the Tic Tac videos that have come out recently in the last couple, three years that have got all the attention, the 60 Minutes and Fox News and CNN. Everybody's talking about UFOs. 
course, because this is the summer of saucers, as we've called it, meaning that, uh, well, the UFO report came out in June, and it was what people like to call a big nothing burger, a big nothing burger. And so, unfortunately, that's where we're at. We're we're at the at the point of a government that's trying to give us uh, information about UFOs, and we're not really getting anything. We're not. I mean, like, come on. Like I said, we have these three kind of crappy Tic Tac videos, uh, the gun camera footage that, you know, fine. Like I said, by themselves, they're compelling. They're okay, right? It's fine. But like I said, if you go back into history and you start looking at some of the UFO encounters that have happened, documented with people uh, like, again, dozens or hundreds or thousands of witnesses and some other really crazy stuff, there's a lot of uh, like really make you scratch your head and wonder what's going on in this world, right? And I think that's what's going on here. Uh, so, okay. And uh, that's, so that's what we're talking about tonight. UFOs, top five, and we are taking your phone calls. So if you want to be part of the show, you can give us a call at this phone number here, 702 702- Nine five seven one zero three seven. That's seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. You can also join the Discord at troubledminds.org. and also we got another Discord running at fringe.fm/chat. It's the same program, two different chat rooms. I'm trying to watch all of it. I'm trying to watch all of it. Like uh, that's why I put myself on TV because it always looks easier when you're on TV, right? And also, yeah, the, the brainwash joke. And anyway, there you go. If you guys are watching the streams, you know what I'm talking about. I got a little TV overlay here. But okay, so anyway, uh, we were. We left off on the Phoenix Lights, and uh, we do have Fred here, actually, in the chat that lived in Phoenix at the time. He said he was there, uh, except he didn't. He didn't see anything that night. Unfortunately, you know, things come and go, and if you don't get the you don't get the calls, and somebody in the in the neighborhood isn't screaming at the sky, and you notice and come out and look, well, you miss it. And so, unfortunately, I think uh, our good buddy Fred missed it. But he was there. He was in Phoenix in '97, and uh, yeah, this did happen. So, so again, right? We have a couple different things going on. We have this huge Chevrolet. Chevron UFO that's floating over Phoenix, Arizona. And this is back in 1997. And so as a result of this, uh, not just again, to compare it to the the gun camera footage, right, of the the interesting stuff that's coming from, um, uh, you know, the 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 United States uh, Navy at this point and trying to tell us this is disclosure. We have these other things, the Gorman UFO dogfight, which had hundreds of witnesses back in 1948, a credible uh, fighter pilot witness. And now we have this, this Phoenix Lights thing where not just uh, just a few people saw this, thousands of people saw this over several hours, over three states and even into Mexico that night. And it was huge. This thing was gigantic, like the size of a football field, they say, even larger, maybe. And it was shaped like a Chevron, and it had lights underneath it, right? Very much like uh, people have described the TR-3B or things like this, uh, as, as you know, as we talk about the stuff on this show. What's really going on with this? Is, is there some sort of secret space program where uh, the government has this stuff and they're not telling us? Or is this indeed some other thing from, wink, wink, another world? Uh, so speaking of compelling cases, that's the Phoenix Lights, and that's that's what's going on. Top five UFOs of all time. We're talking about it tonight, and we're doing our thing. So uh, let's keep on trucking here. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? What else do we got? Um, okay. So uh, let's let's go. Actually, we're, we are taking your phone calls, like I said. Let's go to James. James in, is in the caller queue on Discord. James, are you there, my friend? Can you hear me? I'm here. Welcome to the show. This is uh, James uh, from the uh, Salcedo Paranormal Podcast. Welcome. What's on your mind tonight, my friend? Thank you. I just thought I'd um, comment on all this because basically as someone who is just getting into more of the UFO stuff, um, 
you mentioned the um the report and everything uh what's interesting about all that uh, is at the time i was just starting to get into all this so i was kind of i was excited about the report because i didn't really know much about how all this works and um of course you know after it came out i was just like okay what is this you know but um but yeah, so I just, but I think I I do agree, agree with you that there are more interesting things than just what the, uh, you know, the media and everybody is putting out there. Um, so I just thought I'd add that. Just I I can see why people that aren't aren't, they don't look into all this stuff. Why they would be excited about that that those kind of reports and the social media and all that at first. Um, because I I did join you know I followed a lot of people on Twitter and all that, but, um. I'm a lot more skeptical of it all now, but it's still, I'm still interested. Yeah, so, but you see, though, just the first two, we talked about the Gorman dogfight in 1948 and then the Phoenix Lights. Literally, just those two are far more compelling than these Tic Tacs just because of the sheer number of witnesses involved and the different types of craft we're experiencing here. So uh, that's, that's the frustrating part is that we're, we're expected to believe that uh, the actual disclosure effort from the government is anything at all when it seems to be uh, very, very um, uh, scripted, let's say. It's almost like they planned it. Okay, let's do this, let's do this. Uh, almost like they planned it like a disinformation campaign. You know what I'm saying? That's what it. That's what strikes, this strikes me as, this whole gun camera footage and the Tic Tac stuff. And it, it, it felt the same way to me once I actually started paying attention to all the, like I said, all the social media and all the, you know, the report and everything. I was just, just like, why is everybody so excited about all this? You know, I just didn't, I didn't, like you said, I mean, there's, uh, you know, those two cases you mentioned alone, I mean, those are interesting to me, especially the, the, the Phoenix one, uh, the Phoenix Lights case. That's that's really, you know, I've always thought that really interesting. But also, I, I do think that the, the more interesting ones are, are the cases where the, you know, the government is barely even involved because it's people that just have experiences. And I, I find those more interesting in a way than anything that comes out of any official channels. Yeah, well, because well, the official channels are, you know, highly redacted. They're, uh, again, scripted. Yeah. You have PR front people like the uh, Susan Goff of the Pentagon issuing statements. Yeah. I mean, this, and this is where we're at, right? So, so again, I, I trust several hundred people at a football game that could say, hey, whoa, there was something in the sky that night, much more than I trust anything coming out of the government. And I think that's the, probably, probably the largest point tonight that I'm trying to make as we go through history and look at some of the amazing things that they're not talking about. They've kind of just let it disappear into the past. And uh, again, they, they expect us to have 48-hour memories, but that's not the case. We don't forget, yeah. right? Yeah, no, that's that's no. the media for you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. okay. Uh, then, uh, anything else on that? What we got you on? Um, no, I think that was, I just want to say, I can understand why people that, you know, don't look all, into all this would, would be excited. I mean, I, I posted some of the, the news media links about that, what that report, when it was happening and all that, but I can understand why people would, that, that aren't familiar would be excited, but it's just, you just have to, to look into everything. It's really all, you know, you have to do your own, your own research. That's really what it comes down to. Amen to that. Amen to that. Great stuff as always. James from uh, the Salcedo Paranormal Podcast. Thanks for uh, chiming in, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.
Thanks, brother. Have a great night. Thank you for listening. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling. Uh, and there he goes. You see, the way these conversations go, uh, they're more rich when you guys call in. What do you think about this? What do you think about the Gorman dogfight? What do you think about the Phoenix Lights? We've got some other stuff. We're going to get to some like wild out there stuff as we as we continue going tonight. Uh, but as you know, we are taking your phone calls at 702-957-1037 because we are live. And it is, what day is it? It is uh, Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? I lose what day it is. It's Wednesday. If it's Wednesday night and you can hear us, we're uh, we're streaming and we're uh, taking your phone calls. So let's go to, I'm not sure who this is, but uh, welcome to the show. You're on Trouble Minds with Mike. What's your first name and where are you calling from? Hello, sir. Yes, calling from New Mexico. New Mexico. Uh, what's your first name? It doesn't have to be real. <laughs> JR. JR. JR from New Mexico. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind tonight, my friend? I appreciate it. Thank you so so much. I, I just uh, was sitting here enjoying the show. I had to call in <clears throat> to piggyback off what the two of you had been talking about. I mean, can't trust anything the government, you know, is releasing at this point. I think those videos were definitely um, advanced technology and weren't weren't UFO. The Phoenix Lights. Uh, there's so many other. Um, Examples were such better example, um, but the the, the newest um, uh, video we, we we just recently seen the Tic Tac. I mean, come on, something to divert the attention, you know. Ah, like I said, it seems like a psyop, doesn't it? It seems like it's scripted. The release is exactly the same thing three different times, three different. They say three different incidents. However. Like we're saying, if you look into the history and you compare, I've got two amazing things that are like way more compelling, way more witnesses than the Tic Tacs at all ever. So there's something up, right? There's something fishy about this. Right. There, there are definitely something fishy. I, I've, you know, I, I've read all of the stories and you've, all the, the, the different projects that have gone, gone on, like um, Blue Bean, for example, and all of the... Uh, the discrediting that had gone on and how extraterrestrial life has, has been here for years and years and had, you know, been helping and yada, yada, or maybe, um, basic, maybe, uh, not helping, maybe de dehumanizing people, but I don't know, however you want to see if there was a malevolent or, you know, I, I think they're the good guys, but I, um, I think there are good guys and I think they're definitely bad guys. And, um, we're seeing the uh, the unveiling now. I think, I think the stage is being set with all this predictive programming we've been fed, right? And um, and now it's kind of just up to us to do our own research to, to form our own our own opinion because it's going to come quick and it's going to be like, hey, are you going to be left in the dust with people, you know, holding the signs, or are you going to be on the mountaintop, you know, surviving? <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't get to that. <laughs> but, but so, okay, so, so you do think there's something to this then, so, this UFO stuff. You think, you think maybe there are entities of, of a sort, right? You think it's something, it's just not yes. what they're telling us, right? There's something like this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I said, it's compelling when you look at some of these other cases. And again, we have eyewitnesses now. I've seen strange things in the sky. Maybe you have. Have you ever seen anything odd in the sky that you thought, no way? I've seen a lot of strange things in the sky, especially throughout New Mexico. You have a lot of what you would call hotspots. 
Um, we have we have iPhones now, though. We have a lot more advanced technology, and you'd think with the technology that we have, we'd see a lot better footage, right? So they're they're good. They they got cloaking devices, and they 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 know. But I I've talked with some people. I I have um worked with some people up in the, you know like I said the high mountains for example, but it, but legitimately up in the high mountains, and we had um we we had talked and. Guys, like no, it's real. You you can you can you can talk to them if you want. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? So something to, something to maybe uh, <clears throat> bring conversation in. I don't know. But anyways, I I really appreciate you you allowing me to come onto the show. Sure, sure. Uh, you've been uh, have you been listening for long? How did you find us? First time caller, obviously. Yeah, first time caller. I um I I just appreciate the the, the different podcast. Gotcha. You know, give, give everyone something to uh, entertain themselves with, you know, and, and educate rather than entertain, you know, because I'm learning something right now. Gotcha. Okay, sweet, sweet. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, JR in New Mexico. Anything else while we got you on? Um, no, no. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank Have you a great for, night. Thank you for calling. Look forward to your calls in the future. There you go. It's as simple as that, guys. We got open phone lines. We're talking about UFOs tonight. And what do you think is actually going on out there in the skies? We're still going to get to the top five UFO encounters of all time. And like I said, uh, compare and contrast this to what? These Tic Tacs, right? This, uh, the, the What seems to be a disinformation campaign from the government. In my opinion, as you guys know, I don't have any at all um, uh, inside sources. I, I, I'm watching the news media just like you are and trying to figure things out just like you are. But I think that uh, when, you, when you start to look into, like I said, the rich history of ufology, as they call it, there's stuff out there that's way more compelling, way more compelling than these Tic Tac videos. So thank you for the great phone calls, James and JR. And uh, as you know, we're still taking your calls. If you want to be part of the show tonight, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And you can find us at troubledminds.org. That's the official website. And you can click the Discord link there. And uh, let's keep on trucking. So, so we left off talking about uh, the Phoenix Lights. Now, again, the most compelling thing about it is, right, it's this uh, triangle-shaped object. It floated in the night sky for hours. Uh, thousands of witnesses over not just the southern Nevada, uh, northern Arizona, Phoenix in particular, and then it also went all the way down to the Mexico border, right? Sightings all the way across this for hours that night. All right, and this is in uh, March of 1997 is when this happened. And again, the, the compelling part here is that it's not just, you know, it's not like this Tic Tac stuff where, where, you know, like I said, the only information we get is from the Navy. No, thousands of people saw this. They, they put, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, it caused a huge media stir, a sensation at the time, if you guys remember that. And uh, the, the odd thing is, it, it was, again, it was like this huge craft, gigantic. It was in a triangle that was just uh, enormous in size, like they say, larger than a football field and the rest of this. However, thousands of people saw it. It was silent in the night, just kind of floating very slowly. And, well, that's... Uh, that's the Phoenix Lights. And, uh, of course, you know, it, like there are tons and tons of stories if you dig into some of this stuff. And there's even been some claims of people that have said uh, this was a story that came out maybe about nine months ago or something. But there are some people that have claimed. I don't have the link for that because I wasn't prepared to talk about it. It's just kind of a, a sidelight here. I'll try and find it to, to add the link to the, to the uh, show notes because I don't like saying things that I don't have sources for because then you're like, oh, now, now Mike's just making stuff.
stuff up. I'm not. This is this is sourced. I'll find it. But some people described the the Phoenix Lights inc- incident as uh, they were being uh, having some sort of telepathic communication with something that was happening above them, and that's what drew them outside to actually look up and see this this thing, this chevron shaped thing in the night sky. So. Uh, interesting and curious and all this as it kind of uh, kind of boils down to, you know, tens of thousands of witnesses, maybe, uh, you know, at least thousands. And what in the world's going on? And that's the weird stuff, right? Um, OK, so so that's the thing. And uh, as we continue talking about this and thinking about this, uh, as you know, we're taking your phone calls, had a couple of great calls here and you can be part of the show tonight. Uh, what do you think about this UFO stuff? And uh, what do you think about the list so far? The Gorman UFO dogfight of 1948. And then we have the Phoenix Lights of 19. 19- 1997. Both cases, many, at least hundreds of witnesses and uh, thousands in the case of of the uh, the Phoenix Lights and again two different type of UFOs, two type of aircraft, and um, well, I, I call them aircraft, but they're really UFOs. And uh, what do you think this means? Uh, why aren't we talking about those instances that are way more compelling than this uh, Tic Tac stuff? So, uh, like I said, it's interesting to kind of look back into history and uh, and compare, compare notes. You know what I'm saying? So, again, 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link. And let's see. Um, let's see. I got you, Robert. We'll, uh, we'll play that. Put those McMinnville photos up in the in the third hour, okay? I got you. Uh, just remind me as we get there. Okay, so uh, let's uh, keep, let's keep on trucking and talk about this. So so okay, just some some other details about the Phoenix Lights in particular as this thing went down. Uh, so we got uh, we got some stuff here. Let's see. So. Let's go here. All right. So in 1997, like we described, Phoenix Lights, uh, this thing hovered over the. And so what? So what was it? Was it a UFO or was this a hoax? And this becomes a question when you talk about all this type of stuff because who really knows, right? Um, I guess if you're, you were the the hoax perpetrator, you would know. But but there we go. The sun had just set March 13th, 1997, when hundreds of people across Nevada, Arizona, and Mexico it says hundreds. I think it was thousands, by the way, uh, witnessed a collection of UFOs puncture the night sky. The phenomenon has become known as the Phoenix Lights, and its authenticity has been hotly debated ever since. Clearly, if you're talking about UFOs, it's going to be hotly debated, as you know. But here's the thing. Here's the crazy part. The specific details. From 7.30 p.m. to approximately 10.30 p.m., dozens of concerned citizens flooded their local police department phone lines with urgent calls for clarity. They reported floating orbs and a V-shaped craft the size of several several football fields hovering above the city of Phoenix. While the glowing orbs remained stationary, the V-shaped object hovered south. But even though pilots in the Phoenix area notified air traffic controllers of what they were seeing, none of them saw anything out of the ordinary on their radars. Then, just as suddenly as they appeared, the Phoenix lights went dark. They went out. And uh, here's another notable instance uh, with the Phoenix Lights that uh, one Michael Douglas, you got, no, I'm sorry, uh, uh, no, wrong guy, Kurt Russell, I believe. It's Kurt Russell. Uh, you see what I did there in my brain? But, okay, so Kurt Russell was actually flying into Phoenix that night as a um, just a civilian pilot. You know, rich guy, been in movies, has his own plane, you know, can, he can fly. He was flying into Phoenix that night, and he noticed these lights in the sky and thought, Ah, that's really weird. So he was one of the actual pilots that that, that, uh, called in to air traffic control to report these bizarre lights he saw above the airport as it was coming into Phoenix that night. And this is what I'm saying, right? So once you spread this out, 
and I think he was on a late night show talking about that specifically, right? He, they had the uh, the the uh, call number of his uh, his airplane and all the rest of that, which is kind of what made him uh, notice what was happening, uh, and 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 recall he recalled it seeing a uh, a a story about it, and they talked about a private pilot who had called in, right? And he was like, "Holy smokes, that was me." I was there that night, and he went and checked his flight logs to, to make sure that he wasn't misre- misremembering this, and sure enough, sure enough, that was him that was flying in, uh, Kurt Russell, and he, he actually saw the Phoenix Lights and called in and reported them. So, yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying, right? So this is, this is the strange thing about all this. Uh, the UFOs, as we talk about this tonight, is it, uh, is it, is it something or is it nothing? And uh, if it's something, how big is this something? And we're talking about the top five UFO incidents of all time. We got a couple in the books. Talked about the Gorman UFO dogfight and, of course, now the Phoenix Lights. Uh, We'll get to more. There's more after this, and we're going to keep on trucking and considering all these things. But the whole point of me bringing this up is to basically compare and contrast what's happening with the Tic Tacs and the information coming out of the government and then being able to look at history and say, well, wait, why is this one thing so compelling that we're told to pay close attention to this summer, specifically with the UAP report? And then why aren't we talking about things like this in particular? How come this incident didn't end up on the UAP report? That's what I want to know. So that's what we're doing tonight, and we're hanging out, and we're taking your calls. If you want to be part of the show, you know what to do. Give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More UFOs, the top five crazy UFO encounters of all time. We're talking about it tonight. We're going to keep on trucking. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Don't go anywhere. More after the break. time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. All right, welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we're talking about UFOs tonight. UFOs, love it, right? And uh, the thing is this, we're streaming on Rockfin, we're streaming on DLive, we're streaming on YouTube, we're streaming on Periscope. And of course, we're broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. We're watching chat in all the places, and we're uh, considering what the UFO stuff is all about. I uh, decided we it was time to maybe look back into the past and maybe consider the things we've seen in the historical reference of UFOs and compare them to the Tic Tacs they keep trying to tell us are, well, uh, the most compelling UFO videos of our lifetimes. Uh, well may or may not be true right and so uh that's what we're doing tonight and uh 
Uh, talking about the top five UFOs, we got the Gorman dogfight, which uh, we had a fighter pilot in 1948 over Fargo, actually uh, have a uh, an encounter, a dogfight in his P-51 Mustang with an actual UFO. It played chicken. It uh, almost hit him twice, and then it climbed so steeply that his plane almost stalled as he tried to pursue. Uh, thank you. Thank you, uh, Jay, for the, uh, the the link there. Appreciate that, guys. And uh, so, so that's the thing, right? Uh, there's one uh, way more compelling. Hundreds of witnesses at a, a high school football field down below. Uh, witnesses at the air air traffic control tower that day. And uh, again, we have a fighter pilot that drew a detailed description of exactly what happened during the encounter, the UFO encounter of uh, again. Uh, I think it was George Gorman is the individual's name back in 1948. Now, then for number four, uh, we had the Phoenix Lights. And the, the thing that's most compelling about the Phoenix Lights to me is, like I said, the witnesses. The amount of witnesses is huge, like huge. And uh, I did mention, uh, thank you to Robert out there for uh, pulling up this article. And I did mention before we went to the break that Kurt Russell actually was one of the private pilots that uh, that did um, that did the uh, the the uh, called in and reported this. Okay, sorry, I was trying to mute my cell phone here. <laughs> it's beeping off the hook. All right. Uh, so, so here we go. This is from, uh, just, to, just to add this to that conversation as part of the Phoenix Lights. Thank you again to Robert on Rockfin for uh, providing the link. And we do have the YouTube video of his interview where he discussed this. We'll play that in the third hour if you guys are interested. Uh, but this is from IndieWire.com. Kurt Russell reveals he was the pilot who reported the Phoenix Lights UFO sighting. And uh, right there, there it is in the article. So uh, he says, quote, I was flying his son Oliver to, to go see his girlfriend and we were on approach, Russell explained. I saw six lights over the airport in absolute uniform in a V shape. Oliver said to me, I was just looking at him, I was coming in, or maybe a half mile out, and Oliver said, Pa, what are those lights? He continued, then I kind of came out of my reverie and I said, I don't know what they are. He said, oh, are, are, are we okay here? And I said, yeah, I'm going to call in. And I reported it. And again, that's Kurt Russell, right? And this is what I'm saying, right? You have people who have actually come out and said, I was there that night. And uh, this is what I saw. And he explains exactly, exactly what, uh, what uh, many of the other witnesses saw. And uh, that's, that's the crazy stuff, right? Um, so yeah, uh, that's, so that's what we're talking about. Thank you again to Robert for pulling up that link. I, I had, had remembered we talked about that previously on this show, but I hadn't actually pulled up the link to kind of uh, cover that. But yeah. Now, there, there are lots of people that have seen this. Again, thousands of witnesses at least that night of the Phoenix UFO. And it was V-shaped. It was silent. It was hovering. And it was not flares. I mean, there were like they said, there were two incidents. And it almost seems like maybe they dropped flares to maybe obfuscate that uh, there was something up there they couldn't define. Right? Uh, this is how the government does its, does its dirty work, tries to say, no, no, we had an operation. And we were dropping flares. And that's what everybody saw. Mm, sure. Right? Sure. I'm sure everybody believes that. Uh, uh, but anyway, there we go. What's up, guys? How you doing? There you go. There you go. Um, uh, there you go. Sherry, Sherry's right. I'm thinking YouTube is next. Yep. Yep. <laughs> YouTube is next. All right. Uh, what's up, Daedalus? Says, didn't Iranian military engage one in the 70s? And yes, that's another good one. Uh, the actual, uh, the Iranian UFO, uh, there was a dogfight there as well. And, um, you know, uh, I think it, uh, it I, I don't have, know the details on that. It's been a long time since I saw that, but 
Yeah. So anyway, okay. So let's uh, let's keep on trucking. We're talking about the top five UFO incidents of all time: Gorman UFO, Phoenix Lights, and let's get to number three. As you guys know, we're taking your phone calls. If you have comments on any of this stuff and uh, you enjoying what you hear, you just want to call and say, "Hey, what's up?" It's all good. We don't uh, we don't uh, screen calls, and uh, we've had a couple of great phone calls to kick us off tonight. So uh, looking to hear from you: seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. And there you go. Let's get to uh, the next. The next. All right. So number three on my list here, as I was kind of going through, is uh, not just the Phoenix Lights, where we just came from. Yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about the Shag Harbor UFO incident, okay? And Shag Harbor in particular, they call this uh, Canada's Roswell, all right? And once again, here we go. This one has military involvement, but the things that we're talking about tonight are really not, don't have much to do with the military per se. Uh, and that, I think that's what makes mo- most of these things more compelling is you have civilian witnesses. You have a, a huge number of witnesses on the ground describing the same things they've seen and experienced. And uh, that's there seems to be a theme here, right? It's like if the government can't control the narrative of the way the UFO story comes out, they don't want to talk about these particular incidents. And that's right. That's the suspicious part. That's the suspicious part here. So uh, there we go. Um, what else do we got? What else do we got? Uh, there we go. There we go. Okay, so uh, let's let's l- just read a little bit of this. Again, this is from the Ministry of Truth, Wikipedia, uh, just to give us a, a quick overview, and there's more details we'll get into tonight as we talk about Shag Harbor. But uh, here we go. The Shag Harbor UFO incident was the reported impact of an unknown large object into waters near Shag Harbor, Nova Scotia, a tiny uh, fishing village on the Atlantic coast on the 4th of October, 1967. Again, right, some of these stories are old. And uh, again, like I said, just because they happened a ways back doesn't make them any less compelling, does it? Yeah. And some people write this stuff off as, uh, you know, again, right? Like Project Blue Book said, weather balloons, swamp gas, right? Pareidolia, all this stuff, right? Oh, Venus in the night sky, uh, temperature inversions. You've heard it all, right? And it, it seems silly. It seems silly because when you get tons of witnesses that see the same things and uh, describe them as uh, we're about to describe this, it doesn't seem legitimate, does it, to just write things off like that? But anyway, here we go. So uh, the reports were investigated by various Canadian civil and military, of course, the RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and the Canadian Coast Guard, and uh, the military, of course, the Canadian Forces, Navy, and Air Force agencies, as well as the U.S. Condon Committee. And this this actually was uh, investigated by the Condon Committee, and unfortunately, uh, which was which was a look into some of these UFO cases, a sort of a um, a a way to to uh, uh, debrief the Project Blue Book, the entire thing. Okay, uh, so here we go. So this this is what happened, right? So uh, we got this. Daryl uh, Daryl uh, Dory, his sister Annette, and his mother were sitting on their front porch in Mahoney Bay when they noticed a large object maneuvering above the southwest horizon. The next day, Daryl wrote a letter to RCAF Greenwood Base Commander asking what was flying over the water that evening, as he had never seen anything like it. And this is how it begins, all right? Uh, just, Just like I said, everything always starts with, it's just a normal night. Everything is going very predictably, and then suddenly, boom, there's something in the sky, and people start to wonder, what the hell is that? And uh, this is very much how this this began. So, so here we go. So they called in, and uh, here we go. So here's another one. While standing at the wheelhouse of his vessel, Captain Leo Howard Mercy was looking at four blips on his decorator that were stationary. 
DECCA radar. Uh, when he looked up at about 28 kilometers from the vessel's windows, he could see the four bright objects situated in a roughly rectangular formation. The entire crew of nearly 20 fishermen stood on deck and watched the object in the northeastern sky. Mercy radioed, radioed the Rescue Coordination Center and the Harbor Master in Halifax, asking for an explanation, and filed a report with the Lunenburg RCMP. That's, again, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, Gucci Gucci. We love our Canadians north of the border and their adorbs little outfit. They ride horses and wear the red uniforms. It's so cute. Anyway, uh, so they, they outlined his sighting when they arrived in port. Uh, the Halifax uh, Harbor sightings, of course, and, and it just continues, right? So uh, the way it happened is... Uh, October 4th, 1967, and 11.20 p.m., it was reported that something crashed into the waters of Shag Harbor. All right? And this is where it starts to get weird. At least 11 people saw a low-flying lit object head towards the harbor, and multiple witnesses reported hearing a whistling sound like a bomb, then a whoosh, and finally a loud bang. And this is, again, they call this uh, Canada's Roswell. And here we go again, right? The same or similar instances. We have four lights sort of in formation. They're making a whistling sound. You have witnesses all over the place calling in, and you have people out in the water on their boats reporting these things, radioing in to make sure that no, there's no plane crash or any of the rest of this. It's weird, right? Like some of these, some of these instances in history, in ufology, they've been written off. They've been uh, discussed as hoaxes or military projects that were classified or, again, you know, like uh, just misidentified meteorites, things like this, right? But you got to know, pe- like people that are out there on a boat all the time, watching at night, watching the sky all the time, they know what a meteor looks like, all right? We've all seen meteors, right? Falling stars, right? We see these things all the time. Uh, maybe they're not super abundant, but we've seen them, right? And that's the thing. That's really the question here when you start looking at people that, you know, are not just knuckleheads. Like, it's funny. Everybody has credibility until they see a UFO and then they're just, well, misinformed, right? Knuckleheads or (laughs) who knows, whatever they call them, right? Oh, well, it was Venus, right? It was a swamp gas. Uh, It's ridiculous. But okay, anyway. So then the way this goes down is uh, the the thing continues. So this thing crashes into Shag Harbor and it continues uh, uh, kind of floating around. They have this glowing orb underneath the water and they consider it uh, like a plane crash. Like there's people out there in boats that see this thing smash into the harbor and they're like, what in the world? Like there's this this could be people out there that need help. So the boats start going out there, like civilian fishing boats and whatnot, to go take a look at this thing, to find out, right, if there's a plane crash, if they can help save people, you know, doing the right thing. If you've got the means to help, get out there and help. And that's what they did. Now, what they found when they actually t- took their boats out there was uh, some sort of glowing mass underneath the water. And it was large, very large, uh, larger than their boat type of thing. And so as they came up on this thing, it was not just floating in the harbor uh, or below it, below the surface, and it was creating some sort of weird uh, foamy slick on the top that was kind of coming around it here. And it was moving. So it wasn't just completely stationary like underneath. It was moving around underneath the water. So as they pull the boats up to this thing and they get closer and closer, they notice there's this huge glowing orb under the water And what are they doing? They're trying to look for survivors. They think it's a plane crash. They think there's all this other stuff. But it doesn't seem to be that at all. Instead, this thing is floating around, causing this weird greenish foam to kind of come up uh, to the top of the ocean. And uh, they're like, something's not right here. 
And so this thing is moving around underneath the water, right? And that's what I'm saying. Here we go. Weird. Lots of witnesses from different different vantage points. We got people on boats that saw this thing. People in the sky on other airplanes saw this thing crash. Like we have uh, reputable folks. We got uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police was out there and saw it. We got a guy named Ron Pond, who's uh, who's actually a um, a highway patrol officer, a Canadian highway patrol guy who saw this thing land in the harbor. A lot of this is it's it's it seems again right. It seems very similar to some of these other stories, except. Well, in the fact that there's a ton of witnesses from all kinds of different angles, there's uh, reputable people, there's police officers, there's all the rest of this folks that see this thing and they react. They react like it's a like it's a plane crash. And so, of course, uh, at that night, they didn't find any survivors because it wasn't a plane crash at all. Uh, so after some time, the boats that were out there uh, on the harbor uh, witnessing this thing underneath, underneath uh, as it was moving around this glowing huge orb and this bizarre green greenish foam that was kind of coming out of the top up to the top from wherever this thing was. Um, it, it moves around, it moves around, they follow it. It's not moving super fast, just kind of slow. And then eventually the light goes out. The light just completely shuts down, and they're like, "Okay, well, that was weird," and so they they couldn't they, again, right? No, no, no rescue attempt because there was nobody in the water. There wasn't an obvious plane crash. It was some sort of anomalous UFO, and uh, that's what we're talking about tonight: weirdness, right? Weirdness. Um, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. All right. So, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the top five UFO encounters of all time. Of course, uh, I, I compiled the list, so this is my list. But what is on your list regarding UFOs? Do you think there's something? specific about some ufo encounters that don't get enough play in history that maybe have been forgotten and uh, as everything is basically really really kind of overridden by these weird tic-tac videos i think that's the, the oddest thing about all of this and the as the ufo conversation continues is that we're we're looking at this and getting you know fighter pilots and data from you know data I say which seems laughable because we don't have radar data or anything else we just have the these you know crappy three little videos of the tic tacs and we're supposed to believe this is the cat's meow of ufology like this is disclosure there's something more to this than uh, what 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 meets the eye right it's sure it's impressive fine anomalous sure fine. Can it be explained away as something uh, actual terrestrial? Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course it can. And like I've said, I've just thrown out like a, the, the plasma idea, the theory where it's like a radar spoofing that they were testing on uh, new radar systems and these fighter pilots, right? Uh, so I don't know. Like there, there are things here that uh, seem suspicious with uh, the disclosure narrative. And again, if you kind of line it up with history and look at some of these these other incidents, uh, again, like I said, the Gorman UFO dogfight, 1948. We got uh, the Phoenix Lights in 1997, and we got this one. When was this again? This was a Shag Harbor that happened in 1967. And so the Shag Harbor incident, notably, there's there's a, a lot more that uh, goes down with this. It's not as simple as what we said. Uh, the, the, the guy with the big hair, Giorgio Sukulos, ancient aliens, right? His take is that uh, he says there are other witnesses that described a second orb come down into the water in Shag Harbor and meet up with the first, all right? Meet up with the first orb. And uh, like it was some sort of UFO did crash, but a second one came to help. And so, like I said, it just depends on the sources. The source is a little sketchy because, well, it is what it is. But who knows, right? It depends if that's an eyewitness account that actually says that's the case, then yeah. And so that version of the story goes like this. A second orb fa falls in just, just after the first one and moves over underneath the water to the first 
glowing orb, right? As the boats are moving out, this thing's kind of floating out into the bay. And another another orb comes, uh, another shining light under the water and meets up with it. And then the light turns off, all right? And then, of course, they're describing it as some sort of UFO rescue attempt. Uh, where one went down and then another came to help it, maybe uh, repairs or something else. And then both of them, once there was a repair job done or whatever whatever was happening with this incident, the Shag Harbor UFO incident, that they both floated out into the actual Atlantic Ocean and then they flew off from there. And again, like I said, I, I couldn't find the actual official sources on those things because, well, ancient aliens. But uh, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Ancient astronaut theorists say yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, you, you get the point. You get the point. There's uh, there are cases that are way more compelling than uh, than this uh, this Tic Tac stuff. And uh, like I said, it, it 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 makes me suspicious. It makes me wonder. What's really going on with uh, specific things uh, regarding uh, UFOs and uh, the narrative, the official narrative now? So that's what we're talking about tonight. And as always, you know, we're taking your phone calls. What do you think so far? Uh, Do you like this type of show where we kind of go back and talk about old stuff, uh, old stories that kind of maybe don't get a lot of play anymore? Or maybe they're kind of just uh, uh, maybe maybe brushed aside and forgotten. Uh, This isn't the type of show we usually do. This is more of a introducing ourselves to Rockfin, a new audience there and uh, describing sort of the ideas and the things that we, we discussed together. So uh, what do you guys think? Uh, what's the feedback on the show so far? Like I said, it's usually not the thing we do, but uh, if you like it and uh, this uh, this gets uh, you know gets some uh, some positive traction and you guys dig it, we'll do more uh, more like this. Uh, as you know, this show is your show as well. And uh, as I mentioned that, you can be part of it right now if you want to be part of the show. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And that's the that's the three. That's the top three, right? Gorman UFO dogfight, the Phoenix Lights, and of course Shag Harbor now. And again, we have some very, very interesting information. With all of these, we have lots of witnesses every single time. And at this point, uh, we don't even have government witnesses or, you know, trying to uh, stab the narrative or take over the narrative by, uh, by uh, you know, uh, c- controlling the information. Because if you get, that's the thing, if you get so many witnesses of something, of some sort of UFO, a compelling UFO, they can't. They can't control it. They can't control that narrative, and that's and that's part of the part of the issue here, right? And so this new narrative, the new Tic Tac UFOs, that narrative is fully and completely controlled by the United States government. Neat, right? Neat. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, there you go. What's up? Forties AM says love it like a history podcast. Yeah, kind of. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, so there we go. There we go. Uh, like I said, reading reading your chat uh, and uh, what's up? Uh, I got you there, Robert. Testing, testing, buddy. I see you. I see. You. What's up, MJ? MJ says good show. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you. Just need the feedback, guys. Just uh, like I said, if you'd rather talk about other things, you know. Like I said, this is your show too. So uh, if you you want more of this, we'll do more of this. If you want uh, more of other things, then that's what we'll do. But okay, so. Uh, so as we continue thinking about this and talking about this, what do you think? There you go. <laughs> Rohan sent me a message that said I need one of these cups that says ancient astronaut theorists say yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Totally. I would totally drink beer from that. All right. So uh, uh, there you go. All right. So again, if you got, we got a few minutes left for you. We're, we, we do two hours on the radio and then we do a third hour off the radio. So uh, 
Uh, we got a few minutes if you guys have a comment on this. Again, 702-957-1037. And we're just talking about UFOs tonight, sort of in a historical context of how come uh, the this, this Tic Tac stuff is the way it is. And how come it seems like the government is controlling the narrative fiercely when there are so much more compelling UFO cases in the past. Uh, like I said, it seems like an odd... Uh, an, an, an odd way to go about it, unless, of course, you're trying to deceive people. And uh, that's uh, that's my theory. It's my theory. Good night, Fred. Thanks for hanging out with us. That's my theory. And so uh, that's, uh, that's uh, like I said, uh, but what do you guys think? As always, uh, I am not the arbiter of anybody's truth. I don't want anybody to believe things I say just because I say them. I want you to think about it yourself, and I want you to make up your own mind. So as you know, this is not the answer show. This is the question show, and that's why we get together and do this live and talk about these things. So there it is. Uh, so as we uh, tick down, we got a couple minutes left on Fringe, and then we'll continue uh, streaming on Rockfin, DLive, YouTube, and Periscope. And uh, it's almost feeling natural now. Just leave Facebook out of the equation and uh, keep on trucking. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, let's see. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. All right. So uh, we're, we're, let's see. Who Looking at the chat. What's going on? Uh, okay. Okay. So doing our thing, and uh, let's keep on rolling here. Um, all right. So as, as we finish up, right, we're kind of winding down. Uh, we're gonna, we got two more. Uh, in the third hour, we got a third hour of Troubled Minds coming up. When we got two more, the top two, in my opinion, and these ones start to get nuts. All right, this stuff starts to get pretty out there, and uh, you'll you'll see, uh, culminating in like a WTF type situation. That again, it's so crazy. Right, the things that supposedly happened and were investigated by an air force in Brazil that uh, you would expect everybody would have heard of this UFO encounter. And once again, it's one of those ones that seems to be redacted from history of sorts. So is it fake? Again, hundreds of witnesses, maybe thousands of witnesses. But in that case, just as a teaser to keep you around, people were attacked by UFOs. Yep, we're going to get there. We're going to get there tonight. So there's your teaser as we finish this up. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us on Fringe. And as you know, like I said, uh, stay, if you're listening on Fringe FM, stay tuned for Joe Roop, Lighting the Void, fantastic show right after this, and then Ryan Gable after that. Uh, and then uh, if you're listening to us and on any of the other platforms, that would be Rockfin, DLive, YouTube, and Periscope. Uh, hang around for a third hour of Troubled Minds because we're going to keep talking about this. We got two pretty more, uh, pretty interesting and notable and crazy, let's say, uh, UFO incidents, which, of course, are my top two crazy UFO incidents of all time. So, like I said, thanks again for being here. You guys are the best. I, I know you could be doing a million other things right now, but you're here with us in this moment, and I, I thank you for that. I appreciate it a lot. And as we finish, you guys know the drill. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange, and be sure, be strong, be true. And thank you for listening. From our troubled minds to yours, have a great night. Once again, third hour of troubled minds coming up on all the streams. Stick around.
All right, we are off the fringe, so we are officially in the third hour of Troubled Minds, and you guys know this is when uh, we have a little bit more, uh, a little bit more length to, to let you call if you want to. You have a, a little, little something more to say than just a minute or two. We've got some time here to be flexible because we don't have radio breaks after this, and we're just going to truck on for the third hour and keep talking about the top five UFO incidents of all time. I've compiled a list, and it gets crazy third hour is when this gets really nuts because the last two start to become let's say disturbing <laughs> disturbing uh so that's what we're doing tonight that's what we're going to continue talking about and like i said it's a little different style than we usually do uh, we like to kind of be all over the place when we talk about this stuff and kind of uh, a little more um yeah, i think all over the place is the best way to describe it but uh, i think being able to do many different ways and many different styles is a good thing it's a strength not a weakness so uh there you go that's my story and i'm sticking to it so two minute break two minute break and we're going to be back with uh, more troubled minds in just a moment don't go anywhere two minute break third hour of troubled minds coming up Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we're here talking about the top five UFO encounters of all time. And again, kind of looking at them in the context of this Tic Tac stuff that we're supposed to believe is a modern day disclosure. And of course, right, uh, there are everybody has critics because, well, nobody can agree on anything anymore. But, uh, you know, there's there's a, a group of a, a, a fervent group of people out there uh, that are really into... Uh, the government narratives, you know, it's like uh, they, they position themselves as gatekeepers and they want to believe all the stuff that comes out of the, you know, quote, anonymous sources and all the rest of this. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Like, it, it seems to me very psyopy, very information operation type stuff. And so, uh, yeah, there you go. That's that's kind of why I want to look at this and, and put frame it in the context of the the actual um, uh, the actual. Uh, uh, Tic Tac stuff and wh- what we're supposed to believe, but there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff kind of in the past here that kind of makes you wonder. Um, yeah, so uh, Robert's got a question. Says, uh, do you have a you have a troubled mind store, Mike? Yes, we do. We do. Uh, I I apologize because it it's not great. There there's 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 not a lot of stuff on there. It's just like logo merchandise with just a little alien head logo, and it's uh, uh, I do know Penny bought uh, a shirt, and uh, there's some folks that did that purchased some masks and things with like the alien on the mask. I've got one of those myself, actually, uh, but but I don't know. So it's not the best. So if you guys are into merch and you guys want some merch, we can do that. We can make that happen. Let me know if you're interested, and we'll definitely uh, we can improve it. Let's say for sure. But okay, so uh, we're we're still talking about the UFO top five UFO incidents tonight. And uh, with that said, uh, we got uh, looks like we got Austin on the phone here. He says that uh, he's connecting uh, connecting in and out. Okay, so let's go to uh, let's go to Austin, Austin in uh, Michigan. How are you, my friend? Can you hear me? I assume that uh, you were in the caller queue, so maybe you wanted to be on the show. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Are you there? Testing one, two. Test one, two. Okay. Nope. He he left the Discord, so I don't know. Maybe he was uh, maybe he was in the wrong channel. So if you jump in the caller queue, guys, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and put you on the show because that's what that is for. So looks like he's back actually. So let's uh, let's try this. And uh, yeah, he sent me a message. Let's figure out what's going on here. Let's see. Let's see. Is he going to be on the show? Okay, try me now. Cool, cool. Here we go. This is uh, Austin in Michigan. What's up, Austin? Welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Can you hear me now? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Oh, well, okay. Well, 
What's on your mind, my man? I take it you've been listening uh, to uh, some of the some of the troubled mind stuff tonight with the UFO encounters. What do you think? Well, I just tried to tune in. I've been having trouble on uh, Rockfin through the DuckDuckGo. It's uh, I think it's my phone. My phone's acting really funny, and it keeps pausing every ten seconds. Okay, that's and strange. I think I'm. Uh, there's I an think actual... I'm like. Sorry, go ahead. I think I'm like. 10 seconds behind even though it says live because i didn't even hear you say i was getting put on gotcha okay it, there is going to be a natural delay that's just the way streaming works uh it, but okay. here's, here's what you may not know uh that there's a rockfin app so if you're having problems directly on your smartphone you might be able to just join the uh rockfin app download that sucker and, and do it direct like that it's probably a better experience i would think for mobile yeah i'm trying to get through that i just don't have a google apple or facebook account gotcha gotcha i want you to connect through that so uh, i'll have to make one <laughs> okay all right cool 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 uh so so what do you think about the ufo stuff let me let me know if you get that rockfin stuff worked out i appreciate you trying uh what about the ufo stuff yeah. have, have you been listening to some of the top five here and kind of the juxtaposition between uh maybe historical ufo stuff and the tic-tac stuff they're trying to shove down our throat I did not. I just uh, started trying to tune in for the past uh, four minutes, four or five-ish minutes. So. Okay. All right. Cool. So, so that that's what uh, that's what the topic is tonight. Is that uh, it, there? There seems to be two very different narratives going on here. One is uh, the historical narrative, being that uh, we have tons of encounters with uh, you know quote UFOs, whatever they may be, uh, and lots of witnesses. All right. We've talked about uh, the Phoenix Lights, of course, with thousands of witnesses there. We've talked about the uh, the Gorman UFO dogfight, which had uh, hundreds of witnesses. There was there was a UFO over a football game at night, and a air traffic control. Uh, an airport that saw this stuff and uh, a fighter pilot in that case and then of course shag harbor which is like the canadian roswell they call it and uh, again many dozens or even low hundreds of witnesses there and uh, that's the type of thing that makes me suspicious that when you have a ton of civilian witnesses uh, they seem to not be interested in those types of stories but sure as shit when you have uh, you know the the, the 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 navy saying oh look we have these videos from our pilots uh, this this guys this is the ufo hotness you know what i'm saying that's the thing that gets me frustrated yeah. about this so that's what we're talking about uh, got a thought or a comment on that how long has or, or the stuff that you're talking about i'm gonna guess that's all pretty recent like within the past couple of years right yeah the tic tac stuff is pretty recent within the last uh, probably three years uh, which is the ufo narrative we're supposed to believe they, they've got all the press with 60 minutes and all the rest of that stuff uh but the other stuff we're talking about go goes all the way back to like 1948 so it's it's been happening and there's some compelling cases yeah. with lots of witnesses so uh, definitely like admiral bird yeah, like yeah. you're talking about that. Yeah, not when he was chasing the Foo Fighters, they called them Foo Fighters. Yeah, that's what they called them. Yep, not that we're not talking about Admiral Byrd in particular, but that's another compelling case, right? Uh, that was a more military yeah. though, so I don't know. Maybe it doesn't fit the theme so much, but but I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Considering that there might be two different UFO situations going on here, what do you think is actually happening? I think there's a huge diversity of them. A bunch of different unidentified phenomena, whether it be objects or some kind of uh, effects that might be being created by satellites or 
lasers, you know, uh, in the combination with, uh, you, you remember that project blue beam yes. that they are doing in China? Well, it makes you really wonder, doesn't it? Because like, how do we know they aren't blue beaming us? And then the real UFOs, we aren't really seeing because they're so camouflaged. Like, have you ever looked up in the sky and you, you've seen like these clouds and you're like, whoa, that cloud's like really moving and it's not breaking up at all, you know, and it's just cutting through all the clouds. Have you ever seen something like that? It looked like maybe a perfect shape, like yeah. a circle. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a name for it. <laughs> or a cigar. Yeah, they're, they're called lenticular clouds, actually, is what that's called. But yeah, yeah, I've seen, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And they do, they're, they're out there. But, but what do you think? Do you think there's something more to it than just a cloud formation? think there's something else happening in those clouds? Yeah, I feel like, imagine, like, if you had the finances, right? And you're like, okay, I want to have, I want to test some, like, maybe stuff that you captured or whatever. And it's like, what kind of camouflage would you want in the clouds? Well, why not just be a cloud? You know, that would be, like, the most, I think that would be the smartest camouflage you could have because people always say like even growing up i'm sure you could imagine where you would be looking up at the sky and you're like oh that looks like a face or that looks like a hand and that looks like uh something bizarre that you don't even understand what that person's saying like what what are you talking about i don't even know i don't even see that and then they see it maybe they can point it out to you later like after 10 minutes or something so i feel like uh that is the ultimate camouflage I would think wow. so. There's no better way to do it because would, why? Why try to make it invisible when you can just make it look like a cloud? That a cloud would be easier. Yeah, uh, just, just sort of like half cloaking and make it look like a natural shape, and then nobody's tripping. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It, it does make sense. And, and some people have suggested that some of these UFOs are uh, hiding in clouds or maybe causing these the shapes of clouds like you're describing. Some of that lenticular clouds, as I believe what they're called. I'm not a cloud expert. Oh. I'm not an I, expert in anything. Yeah, but, go ahead. But yeah, so that ju just some people have suggested that uh, the that the U I've actually seen it myself that, from what you're talking about, where there are clouds that are shaped like UFOs. So is it pareidolia, like they tell us, we're seeing things that aren't there, or uh, is there maybe something to it? I guess is the question, right? Yes, I do have another suggestion. Maybe they don't even need to cloak ships, and maybe they can just hijack clouds or make clouds and then drive it. Ah, uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, in, in true trouble, troubled minds fashion, uh, kind of taking things to, to another level here that, yeah, why not? I mean, uh, it would just be controlling the weather, which you would expect a, uh, an actual um, you know, extraterrestrial civiliz civilization to be able to easily do. So why not? You, you make them and you drive them around. I think we've been manipulating the weather since uh, the early droughts and the 1900s or whatnot and you know in the in the tanks uh they have you know um flares or smoke dispersion technology so if they can do that what if they use the same technology they used in the 1900s to make it rain to just you know throw a thunderstorm so they can pass somewhere like uh or just ride inside of a cloud and like have have like if they're worried about being detected Maybe they can just have the machine running all the time to where this cloud's just being produced outside of the ship, like the whole time. Sure, definitely. But, uh, yeah, all that stuff. And then with the possible. technology, they could 
they could easily avoid airplanes and stuff. If they have the technology to make a cloud camouflage in any form, whether it's just with uh, like screen or with uh, producing materials that would collect condensation and maybe even some energy waves that could move the cloud in certain directions, whatever, whatever, whatever technology it is, they would still be able to uh, avoid, you know, other planes easily, I feel like. And if they can do anything like that, if they're that clever, they got to be clever enough to avoid air traffic because I can imagine people thinking, well, they, you know, we never heard of anyone flying into a, uh, a spaceship. Well, what if it has happened? And, like, they're flying through a cloud, and then this airline disappears. Like, we have... But I don't know how many cases airlines disappearing, but I know it's kind of, it was a big thing in the underground community. I remember hearing about it, like, every now and then I, I still hear about it. Like, oh, where did this flight go? Flight 201, is that like, what am I thinking of? When, what the heck's flight 201? I don't know why I'm thinking of that. I'm not sure. Is yeah. that the in- Indonesian one that just disappeared? I don't know. It's not ringing a bell. But uh, It makes you wonder if they... If, if maybe it was on purpose, too, and they're like, you know what? We just got to take this flight. Where does it go? Like, they don't even have to crash it. Maybe they can just, like, hitchhike it and then take the plane somewhere and, you know, to some off-the-map location or something, and then no one will hear from them again. I mean, I'm just considering all possibilities because I don't know nothing, really. Yeah, same here. Same here. Uh, no, no inside sources or any kind of uh, insider information. Just I'm with you. We're just speculating. And like I said, uh, part, that's part of the shtick of this show is that we're, we're allowed to be wrong. We're allowed to speculate. Some will call us conspiracy theorists for doing that, but uh, I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, it's it's just a way to control speech and uh, control pe- the way people think. Now we got a phone call behind you, my man. So we got to let you go. Uh, any other uh, final thought while we got you on the phone, on the Discord here? In terms of the UFO stuff. Yes, sir. Well, I don't know if uh, saying that I seen one when I was 10 years old at about 12, it was about 11, 12 a.m. And it was over the, you know, Grozeal in Michigan. So in Michigan, this is Trenton. The city was Trenton. It was on Riverside Drive Street. And it was at, at a, in between 11 and 1 a.m., sometime in between there. I got to go dig it out of my nose somewhere. But I have that written down. It was a triangular-shaped craft, and it had green lights along uh, on the outer edge of it only. And it was lined all around the triangle. And it looked like it was kind of funky-shaped, like it was kind of uh, not just the straight, flat triangle. It looked like there was some something going on with it but i got really excited i was screaming at my mom i was like come on mom mom like there's something outside like it's over the river it's a freaking <laughs> ufo and i was yelling forever and my mom just thought uh she was like yeah oh, what was in that energy drink you know she was just kept saying <laughs> oh it's, a, it's that nos it's that nos we can't i can't give you energy drinks anymore right. and i'm like I was freaking out for weeks over that. And then I was like, you know what? Like they, they began to started calling me crazy. And my mom's like, you know, if you say that you might go to a mental hospital. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> exactly. I was like, are you kidding me? Exactly. And so this, this thing dropped slightly. And then it, right when it dropped, I like looked away to like run at my mom and I came back and it was gone. 
or it disappeared right in front of my face. I can't remember which one, but it looked like it was perfectly still over the water, about 50 feet, 50 feet over the water. This was just north of the Groziel Island. So if anyone knows where that's at, if they've seen anything like that, maybe you could like call in and say, yeah, I see UFOs there too. But yeah, that's about it. Sweet. I appreciate it, my friend. Austin in Michigan. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks for for listening. Thanks for being part of this. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Peace. Thanks, man. All right. There you go. If you guys want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. Thank you uh, to uh, Austin there. Good stuff as always. And uh, that's the thing, right? I don't know. What's actually going on with this? Is there something more to it? And so so Sherry's Sherry's right. What's up, Sherry? Uh, just just by the way, Sherry says uh, that uh, <laughs> I personally think the show is not very challenging. And you were correct. You were correct. Uh, because, well, it is it is really done for a reason. Like I said, we're, we're testing some things and uh, introducing ourselves to a new audience so it's a it's the reason why we've done this and why we've actually never done a show like this in the past is because you just never know right like uh, as you know sometimes we go way out there way out there way out there so uh, this is this is yeah yeah kind of like I said it more of a linear type narrative but uh, it is interesting sort of historically so so yeah I appreciate that feedback and I I, I, I hear you you're totally right uh, let's go to uh, let's go to uh, Matt in California what's up Matt thanks for calling how are you tonight Good. How's it going, Mike? Uh, doing very well. Thank you. Just, uh, hey, man, living the dream, uh, sipping some beer, talking about UFOs. Yeah. <laughs> What's on your mind, my man? Yep. Yeah. Uh, good show. Thank uh, you. I called. I want to tell my uh, top UFO stories. Uh, so the first one is, of course, Phoenix Lights, um, just because there's so many people that saw it, and it was so it was so big, and I couldn't tell at first when you see the light if it was if each light, each individual light was its own identical craft, or if it was one ginormous, like mothership craft, like all connected with the Phoenix lights. Yeah. That's the weird part, right? Were they individual ones flying in some sort of formation or was it uh, exactly like some have described multiple actual uh, football fields, big, this thing, silent, hovering, moving extremely slowly. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that yeah, like Phoenix a, like Lights a mothership. One, exactly, like a mothership, exactly. And the Phoenix Lights one is compelling as hell just because it was so widely covered and so many people saw it. But yeah, good stuff. What else you got, man? Uh, next one is um, the kids, the school children in Brazil on the playground story. Okay. Uh, um, that one I like because I like the story of it, um, how the aliens are trying to communicate to help man. And also, again many witnesses uh you know a whole classroom full of kids saw the same uh ufo the same uh, thing that's uh i think it was uh zimbabwe and it was uh, the, the the aerial school the aerial school is what we're talking about where they actually saw extraterrestrial yeah. entities at the at the playground right yes yeah okay right on yeah that, that's a weird one for a lot of reasons obviously if you're actually seeing like extraterrestrials on the ground well that 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 uh that blows the roof off of the conversation doesn't it <laughs> it becomes not yeah. ufos at all anymore and uh another one this is a story i saw it um on a, t- on a show the, the short stories uh but the story itself might be different variations of it it's not the story that's important it's what the conversation afterwards the top uh, the theory okay and so the story is um these two, these two guys are hunters and they're hunting in the woods and they stumble upon this UFO, um, a silver craft disc. 
and they're trying to figure out what it is. And so they go up to it and they go to touch it and it's like radioactive, like burns their hands. And the, the craft starts up. It starts to, you know, activate. And when it does, it, these, um, these binary, a binary code comes out of it into the light. And it's like ones and zeros. And okay. so they're kind of dumbfounded, but one of the guy, he's uh, smart enough to like grab a stick and write it in the mud, the code. And so the UFO takes off and then they go to the hospital for like severe radiation burns. And then when they get out, he, they go to um, like a master, um, like a guy that a professional that knows about binary to decipher the code. And the code was something about how those, these aliens, they are us, the humans from the future, traveling back into the past to like, I don't know, like look up on us. And so that, that theory is just, it's an interesting theory because it kind of it will explain a lot of things. Yeah, curious that uh, I think that's uh, as as we continue to think about this and talk about this, those are the theories that uh, really kind of tie this whole thing together. Is what's what's happening here? Uh, what, do you, do you know when where that uh, that incident happened where he did the binary and did that whole bit? Did, can you remember the name of that? I'd love to look into that. No, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go look that up and uh, when I find if I find it, I'll post it. Okay. Yeah. No sweat. No sweat. Um, so that's the weird part about this. Is it, it, you know, you, you consider all these weird uh, instances that, like I said, clearly not every single account is credible, right? There's, there, there are people trying to fool us. Like I said, you, you turn on YouTube mm-hmm. and there's fake UFOs everywhere, right? And that's part of the, part of the frustration with this because there are also there's some compelling cases. And so when you start to muddy the waters with all this fake garbage and you know, people uh, uh, saying dumb things like swamp gas and lenticular clouds uh, to, to really you know, claim that they're U- or not UFOs and pareidolia and all this other stuff, it, uh, it, it's frustrating. It is frustrating when, when you, know, you believe there could be something more and everybody just dashes it at every turn. Uh, but yeah, well, well, as you know, we're going to keep on thinking about this and talking about this. What do you think about this type of show? Like I said, we usually don't do this and kind of go back into history with a show like this, but I think it's important to, to note that uh, the narratives coming out of the government now are different than uh, the, the things that happened in the past, and that's uh, suspicious as hell, right? Yeah, I like how you tie it together, how we're talking about it throughout history, but then bringing it back to the Tic Tacs, and that's all they're showing us. That is interesting. How come we're not talking about all the all the other ones in the UFO or UAP report? Exactly. Uh, they they just conveniently forgot, left them out. <laughs> and I mean, how could you leave out the <laughs> Phoenix Lights? They could have tossed that in there and said, "Well, we don't know what that was," and you know what I mean. And then we would at least believe a little bit more that they tried, but it doesn't seem like they tried at all. <laughs> it's embarrassing even. Yeah. 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 Um, so one more, I don't know if you're going to talk about it. There's still two more left. Um, are you going to put, talk about the Mantel UFO incident? No, actually I cut that one out because there were two that were too similar, mm. the two, the two fighter plane ones, but yeah, go ahead. If you want to add that one in. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So this story is, um, there's a, fi- a jet fighter pilot named his name is Montel. And yeah, he goes to intercept the UFO and he ends up, his plane ends up crashing. He dies. It's an unfortunate, tragic story. But I think with that, first of all, the being a jet pilot and how you're saying those people are trained to like observe and uh, identify things. So he's seeing this, he, uh, you know, I can identify it. 
and with those guys with the Tic Tacs, you know, they were saying that maybe it was like a submarine under the water, but like they, they're jet pilot, pilots. They, you don't think they've never seen a submarine under the water? <laughs> exactly. Or, or Venus in the night sky or a meteorite or all these other like basic things that they try and write, write UFOs off as. It, or, or in that yeah. case, I think, I think the Mantell incident, they called it a skyhook weather balloon. And so we're, we're led mm-hmm. to believe that this, this fi- experienced fighter pilot chased this thing to his death, right? He went too high up because he couldn't catch this thing because it was outrunning him. And then they explained it away as a skyhook weather balloon. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely and, no sense. And so uh, the reason I like the story is, so the story was that his, uh, his boss, his officer, the command was, to turn around, disengage and turn around and come back to the base. And so his, the other pilots in the platoon, they turned around, but he didn't, he went after it. He was so curious as to what it was. He went after it. And so the speculation of how his plane crashed, you know, he like pushed his plane to the limit, trying to like maneuver with, you know, obviously the UFO is going to outmaneuver a a jet or something happened where he crashed. But anyways, or um, another one, you know, they say that being around a UFO, it like caused electronical failure. Right. So maybe that's how his, his plane crashed. Exactly. I'm speculating. I don't yep. know how, how, but the the point of the story is um, the man who died a hero uh, to me, you know, because he was trying to find out what it was. Uh, exactly. Unafraid. So I, yeah, res- he, he, respect, yeah. respect to that story. Amen to, amen to that. And he, he chased it to his death. And so they do. So the way they explained it, they say he went too high, he blacked out and spiraled out of control and died because he was unconscious. But you're right. So if, if it is in the classic UFO sense that maybe uh, there was something happening with uh, a mechanical malfunction because he came in close proximity to the UFO, right? That's, that's another explanation, <laughs> Isn't, wouldn't it be? Yeah, I was just speculating that those, you know, how he how he crashed. Exactly, exactly. But I think it's important. It's important. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's a tragic story, but it's important because we're here talking about it now. And I think that if he, you know, if he didn't go after it, if he turned around, and went back, the story would just be, oh, some jet pilots saw, think they saw a UFO. But this, um, how he went after it, and the, the whole story is like more compelling. Exactly. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Amen, sir. Thank you for remembering that one. Um, yeah. All those ones that we did, I'm going to upload to this channel as well to Rockfin, so people will know exactly what you're talking about. Because I did do a whole ten minute uh, segment on that. So yeah, g- good shit as always, my friend. Uh, anything else while we got you on? We got Kelly right behind you here on the Discord. Nope, I'm looking forward to Kelly. Uh, oh, that's just my top UFO stories. So um, thank you, Mike. Have a night. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call. That's uh, that's uh, Matt in California. Good, good, good stuff, as always. Uh, look, this is the thing, right? Uh, we do this live to include you. If you want to be part of the show, it's 702-957-1037. Appreciate the phone call. Kelly, all right there, buddy, whenever you're ready. I got a couple more UFO stories to get to, but uh, if you want to hang out, you're welcome to as we go through those. But if you want to uh, dip in and dip out real quick, you're welcome, Come, as you know. Kelly been, Kelly's been with this show for a very, very, very long time. He's been calling in almost every night for years, years. <laughs> And uh, he calls us family, right, rightfully so. Welcome to the show, Kelly. How are you, my man? Oh, good. How are you guys doing? Ah, doing very well. Doing very well. Uh, welcome to the show. What do you think about this stuff? Um, there's been all kinds of uh, 
um, major sightings around the world that's, uh, you know, not only here in the United States, but like uh, he was saying, the call it before, I can't remember his name, but uh, he was uh, just like that uh, Russian pilot. But I also posted one on uh, Facebook or on Discord as well on the chat. And this one comes from, uh, it's called Ostankino, uh, Russia. And it's actually a, um, they have uh, pictures of this. Uh, it's a UFO. It's, it kind of looks like a tic-tac type thing. Well, it's lit up like one anyway. And it's kind of got the shape of it. But it's uh, an actual landing where it landed on the ground. Shows a, you know, the uh, a couple, look what looks like uh, soldiers pointing guns at it. But um, the major one for me for the United States would be the uh, War of L.A. Ah, uh, Yes. Yes, perfect segue. We're going to get to that next. That's actually the next one on the list. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell us about the Battle of L.A., my friend. Yeah, um, that's one was, I think it was World War One or Two. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, that was well, World War Two. yeah. So we had uh, our radar systems um, detected an incoming uh, object over L.A., over the Pacific side, so... And everybody was on nerves. World War Two, you know, all the bombs. Um, we had a bunch of uh, military, army um, outposts all through the city. You know, everybody had. You know, you had to turn their lights off. If you know, they had the alarms go off. Everybody tried to shut the whole city lights off and stuff. But yeah, um, I guess uh, so. They threw on the searchlights and they see this bright object in the sky. So they start uh, shooting at it, and they shot thousands of rounds at this thing and uh didn't hit it i mean uh, they say they hit it but it didn't do anything to it just kind of bounced off it or just i don't know it just kept flowing it, and they've got actually even video of this thing not just the pictures that they have on uh the newspaper out of uh out of los angeles but uh yeah i mean there's famous pictures of it uh the only thing uh the only thing the only the only reason why people died is because of falling shrapnel from all these bombs that they I mean <laughs> I think it was for hours they were right. trying to shoot this down, you know. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, uh, tra tragic, of course, but uh, and this, this is the thing where, that, that always seems to come up, right? It's like, oh, well, uh, there was, you know, nothing. We were shooting at this thing that showed up on radar, and, uh, well, we've got a photograph of this, a famous photograph taken by the Los Angeles Times, which I'll put up on the screen here. It's, it's a, a, a small version, which you can see now, but I'll give you the full photograph in just a second here. But, you know, w all this went down, and we're going to just write it off to, like, world war ii jitters right where they're shooting the shit out of something in the sky showed up on radar they hit the hell out of it and it never came down it just floated away gently into the night sky <laughs> weird right weird uh, for, for me too that kind of like you know proves the fact i mean do we really have anything that can you know really affect these things you know, if it can take shrapnel that huge, you know, and these are, you know, the, the rounds they were shooting at it, uh, you know, they're like probably eight to 10 inch motor cannons that they're shooting at this thing, you know, enough to blow a tank up and this thing's just, you know, bouncing right off of it. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, it, that it, they're just claiming that it was, you know, I don't know what the final verdict, but, you know, some people saying that, you know, that it was, I heard it was an air balloon or some bullshit like that, but. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty interesting where, I mean, it floated over a whole city and we were, you know, literally at war with this thing and it didn't do anything to it. Exactly. And uh, like they say, it, here's, here's the actual photograph taken by the L.A. Times, the Los Angeles Times back in, uh, when was the date of this thing? So this was in, 
1942, February 24th, 1942. And it was just weeks after the Pearl Harbor, right? December 6th, uh, sorry, December 7th was Pearl Harbor. And uh, so we're talking February 24th, literally maybe a couple months later. And so clearly, like, I get it, like, the the war jitters were on high and they were, you know, searching off the coast and all this other stuff. But then, so so there's a few weird things about this, is that, number one, uh, like you said, it showed up on radar. So if it's a weather balloon, um, is that going to be the case? You know, sometimes maybe, depends on if they put, like, a... You know, something that would show up. Uh, I don't know if they had transponders back then, but, you know, maybe some sort of metallic, something that would reflect the radars. I don't know, something, right? If it was large, had a large enough profile, but it showed up on radar and they thought it was actually Japanese planes coming in. And there were witnesses, eyewitnesses of the account that say that they were there with the radar operators when they said yes, and they could even count the number of planes on radar. And so they thought for sure this was an attack happening. But, well, it turns out this is exactly what it is. So this photograph, I'm going to put it on full screen if you guys can see this. This is exactly what actually went down. Uh, this, this was a real photograph taken by the Los Angeles Times, all right, on that night, February 24th, 1942. And look at what they're, all, all the searchlights are pointing exactly at this thing. And all the dots in the air is all 50 millimeter cannons trying to shoot this thing down, all right? So you tell me, it was over a thousand rounds fired over the course of an hour or so, and well, whatever was in the sky there that you can see very clearly didn't get shot down. <laughs> Something suspicious, right, Kelly? Something's up here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, man. It's, this thing flies I mean, for an hour. An hour is a very long time, especially when you're shooting bombs at something, you know what I mean? That's exactly. a lot of... Uh, that's a lot of equipment, a lot of weaponry. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, they have no answer for that. Or the other one, uh, I, I posted another one that's uh, intriguing to me, which was a, uh, it's called the Cedarville, California uh, UFO incident. It was back in 1982. I post. I also put those on uh, the, the, sh- the show chat. Uh, if you want to, uh, there's a couple pictures on it. There's one is a closer up of it. It's kind of like a V-shaped uh, object. It's black. It's got like the front end of it. It's kind of, I don't know, it's like, a, I would say like a bubble. Or not like a bubble, but a round end. And it goes back into uh, two wing V-shapes. The people that sat and watched it for a couple hours said that it looked like it had issues flying. It kind of like um, like mechanical issues. It didn't have any noise to it. It just kind of looked like it was tilting sideways. And which uh, it... Um, um, kind of like it, they said it was pointed down, like the nose of it was pointed down and like it was having trouble staying in the air. So these people sat and just watched it for a couple hours. Uh, you know, they've, uh, couple, uh, one man just, you know, I guess he had a camera at the time and he takes snap pictures of it, but he's got the, the wide range of it where it shows people sitting in front of on the cars and trucks. And then, you know, the other photograph is obviously it's a, uh, you know, enlarged photo of it, but yeah, yeah that one that. That one was in '82. Yep, Cedarville. I've got. I've got. Uh, once you brought it up, I put it up on the screen so pe- people can see exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. Weirdness. I, I don't know about this one in particular, but this is what I'm saying. Like history is rich in stories like this, and you like like I'm, I picked five that are compelling to me, but there are hundreds or even thousands of compelling accounts. It just in recent history, like if you go back in 50 years, man, like there's an unbelievable amount of stuff and. 
Like I said, it seems it seems uh, dishonest that we're talking about Tic Tacs so much when this is the type of history that we're, we really should be looking at, trying to uh, collect the information. And yeah, yeah, man, here, here we are, right, trying to figure things out. And it, it just seems so stupid because Tic Tac, Tic Tac, Tic Tac, Tic Tac. Get out of here, man. <laughs> right? Come on. It's insulting. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know, I have a ton of other photos, too, that, um, you know, people have taken around. Very old ones as well. That's what I like to do. You know, make sure that I get some of this stuff that's been um, that's kind of harder to find. That you have to really dig, or they're no longer available. You know, unless you've had uh, maybe a book, you bought a book or something. Because uh, some of the stuff nowadays, you know, they want to try to get rid of. You know, they don't want to have people um, understanding the true dialect of what's going on. You know, what I mean, not just uh, you know what the narrative they're trying to put out there for. You know, like they're saying, like these Tic Tac stuff or whatnot. But even those shape, um, the elongated, I would say, tubular shaped. Um, there's some that a lot of I have some older ones uh, that that don't have, um, like the ship is not lit up. You know what I mean? Like whatever type of um, whatever type of uh, energy propulsion that they're using, they say that you know that's. There's stories about that, that, you know, it lights up the whole craft, so that's why um, it lights up, like, uh, really bright, you know. But there's w other pictures that I have and other videos that you can probably search if anybody has. But, yeah, it's the long tubular ones, you know, they're, uh, I've heard that it could be Andromedan or even uh, reptilian aircraft. But, yeah, these things are, and they're actually even known or even seen nowadays, you know, like most of them you'll see now is that uh you're still flying in and out of the volcano down in uh, mexico the famous volcano down there that they always photograph because it's you know constantly active and there is constantly um uh those type of video or those type of ufos flying in, in and out of uh, that volcano and especially one down in i believe in south america as well but uh yeah uh so for me what's interesting is why the volcano so uh, that's where I found, um, the, uh, he's a, uh, um, physiologist, well, not a physiologist, but he's a, uh, he's a, um, a scientist that, um, his, um, theory on it, right, his name is Nassim Hamen, and, uh, he, his theory, because he goes with string, string theory, right, so his, uh, he had a whole video on it. I kind of like, we didn't have time enough to do on one show, but I, I believe I had it on there. But he was talking about if you have a jump engine or a, a spacecraft that can go into a singularity, right? And then you go, yeah, like your jump engine goes into a singularity and then you go into like, because main, his main thing was um, black holes, right? So... A black hole can goes down into a singularity. No one can have seen past. No one has ever seen past the event horizon. But so, but everything goes down into a singularity and shoots out somewhere. So, and you know, I've seen some um, posts now. They're saying that you know they've seen light at the back end of a a black hole. But the thing about it is, with his theory, is that if you have a jump engine that can do a singularity into a singularity, you can jump anywhere into the universe. So the one main one that the, he has seen is like a uh, black hole that, you know, is created, but there are black spots on the sun. So he's got videos on that where it shows like planet-sized UFOs going into the sun and then shooting that one. Because 
the, th the theory is that there's if there's a black spot on the sun, there's actually the exact same one on the opposite side. So when you jump through that black spot, you know, it's going to show, it's going to, you know, like shoot out what looks like a, uh, a solar flare. But uh, it's actually what it looks like, because NASA tried to hide that, the same video that he's explaining. He, they were trying to say that it was comets, but there was no tails on it. So that's what, you know, when he had, when they had a conversation, I guess those um, scientists uh, against NASA, because NASA came out and said, oh yeah, those were, uh, and they took that video down because it was from the SOHO uh, satellite. But yeah, he, uh, long story short though, but he was just saying that, yeah, the, you know, like volcanoes, that's the same reason why it's like uh, being those spots on the sun because it's being, you can, um, you know, it's going down to the Earth's core or whatnot, but yeah, actually scientists, well, I won't get into that one, but anyway, yeah, he's saying that if you can uh, do a singularity into a singularity, you'll be able to do jump. So that's why he's saying a lot of those ones can be used like volcanoes, the sunspots, or even uh, black holes. You can jump throughout the universe, which is pretty interesting to think about. Yeah, that's good stuff. And like I said, uh, when you can, when you when you consider all of these other things, it, it, back back to all all the insulting things they try and tell us about what may be the reality we live in, right? And that's and that's it. I, I don't. I, as you know, I don't claim to know the answers here. It's not my thing. But I, I, all I'm saying is there's plot holes everywhere. If you listen to official government narratives, man, it's, it, it's embarrassing some of the things they tell us and we're expected to believe. Like I said, you know, like the, it seems to be the social media too, right? You get some knucklehead saying some dumb stuff yesterday, but then he changes his mind and says something else tomorrow, and we're expected to believe that, you know, forget yesterday. No, like you, you were a moron yesterday. Like, you know what I mean? It's the same stuff with the government, right? They expect our, our memories to be 24 or 48 hours long, just like their stupid news cycles. It's a, it's dumb, man. And here we are yeah, trying to figure it out, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, let's see if I can remember another one. Uh, I don't know if you pulled up those other pictures about the, um, what was that, El Tenso, uh, Russia, uh, those uh Photos that I posted in there. Yep, it's O S T A N K I N O. That's uh, Ostenko. What? Uh, I guess I don't know what. I might be butchering the name, but it's in Russia. But yeah, those are the uh, pictures that are actually. Uh, and, and I believe that was back in the fifties or sixties. But yeah, I mean, it's not like these things have not been photographed for thousands of years, or even I mean, I should say hundreds of years. Like you know, and, and drawn and put on cave walls for thousands of years, you know, and, you know, being in, um, ancient texts and, um, I mean, uh, in every ancient text across the, across the planet, talk about these things, you know? So it's not like, uh, but nowadays it's just, I, I wish a lot of people now, and there is a lot of, um, information coming out with like, you know, sightings of these, uh, of these unidentified flying objects is that um, I wish now people would just get better cameras, you know what I mean, instead of just using always the cell phone. I mean, iPad purchased uh, a few different type of uh, recording instruments, but, yeah, I just, I, now I'm just sitting back and waiting to see, find out, you know. So some of these times we're going to be taking some trips to the high mountains here in Colorado and uh, go camping and see what we can see. 
Nice. Check out the sky, man. That's the, that's the only way to do it, right? Like you gotta you gotta take it in your own hands and uh, get some equipment out there and start start watching, seeing what's going on because uh, they, they can't they can't hide it from us if it's happening out there in plain sight, right? <laughs> that's that's what this is really all about. Uh, spend yeah. spend more time looking up, and uh, the, the, you'll never be fooled because you'll you'll see it. It's gonna be out there in front of you. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff, my man. Yeah. No, that was just uh, that's just some things I just wanted to add for the show tonight. Okay, appreciate it, man. As uh, uh, these these actually two you brought up I hadn't heard of before, and that's sort of sort of the idea here is that uh, we get together, we come up with stuff, and teach each other uh, these things. So I'll try and find the one you described. Uh, if anybody has a link to that, if you could drop it in, I did put the pictures up that you've got there. Uh, you said it was Russia, and I didn't catch the name, but I'll I'll, uh, I'll see if I can find it anyhow. So I, I appreciate it. Awesome. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's Ostanko. O S T A N K. I know Russia. Okay, oh, yeah. Ostenko. Okay, got it. Yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, for me too, yeah. Like any other uh, world round uh, for me, like you know, because again, you know, I research a lot of the old stuff. So for me, is the ones that uh, interesting is the Vimanas that they talk about. You know, that these flying guys over from India. Um, those are the major ones for me. That's uh, you know that's. That's pretty telling, you know, and besides the Anunnaki story, but like within the Hindu stories, that's just to delve into that man is, oh man, that's, that's one hell of a rabbit hole for me. That's, I mean, if just looking at the, um, the structures and the temples and stuff that, that they made that, I mean, and this shit's out of one piece block stone, one mountain, you know, and it's just incredible to see, you know, like the Allure caves, you know, I mean, how the hell do they think that humans made these things for me it's just i don't know man pretty i would say impossible for back then unless they're going to show me something you know that i i would uh i'd like to see it though but yeah uh, other sightings like that yeah i'm just waiting to see what else you guys pull up you know see what everybody else can come out with gotcha gotcha do you want to uh you want to hang out while i go for the last one we got about uh, 10 or 15 minutes left totally up to you of course Sure, sure, why not? Okay, cool. Uh, so we got this. So we're here with Kelly tonight, and uh, Kelly is uh, an old friend of the show. He says uh, when he shows up, he says hello, fam. And like I said, when he when he joined tonight, rightly so. Uh, he's been uh, talking to us about all kinds of things for years. And thank you, Kelly. I appreciate you spending your time with us. You know, I, I say it a hundred thousand times. You've heard it over and over again. But yeah, uh, it, it, it does apply to you too, my friend. I <laughs> just want to let you know. Appreciate well, it a lot. Always, and it's always my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's go. This is the last one. Now, this is the most compelling case to me, UFO wise, right? We're talking about top five UFO cases of all time, right? My top five UFO cases and maybe comparing them to what's happening with the the actual Tic Tac stuff, right? The narrative we're supposed to believe is disclosure, all right? Which, of course, is all government controlled, which to me is suspicious as hell, all right? So let's go to this one now. Now, this is my top UFO case of all time because not only is it tons of witnesses, it's multiple UFOs, it's over weeks, weeks, weeks of time, and, of course, you betcha, they're attacking people. This is called Operation Prato, P-R-A-T-O, but it's also known as the translation in English is Operation Saucer. All right. And so Operation Saucer uh, goes down a little something like this. 
Uh, it is uh, an, in- an investigation carried out between 1977 and 1978 by the Brazilian Air Force following alleged UFO sightings in the city of Colares, Brazil, C-O-L-A-R-E-S. The investigation was closed after finding no unusual phenomena. Now, this is the best part. <laughs> no unusual phenomena. You want, you want to know what happened out there? Operation uh, Saucer? Yeah, okay, here we go. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Here we go. I got it right here. Here we go. All right. So in the years of 1977 and 78, locals of northern Brazil were terrorized by what they described as luminous and vampire balls of light, a phenomenon soon nicknamed Chupa Chupa, meaning sucker sucker, of course, which is Chupa Cabra is goat sucker in Spanish. This is Portuguese because it's, uh, it's, it's Brazil, but uh, Chupa Chupa means sucker sucker. And the reason they called them that is because these UFOs would appear out of nowhere. They would shine these lights on them, and they thought they were draining their blood because they would be hit with these lights, the people would, from these UFOs, these orbs, and where they hit their skin, these these beams, these laser beams or whatever they were, they would actually not only leave radiation burns, but these puncture marks, like they were actually sucking their blood through this laser, Right. And this is real. Look it up. Operation Saucer, guys. This is like this is a documented thing. And so the thing is, right, we always talk about the consideration that we're, we're being fooled, right, in some capacity, that we're being fooled here. And this is somehow propaganda or something else, right? Who knows? However, we have a ton of eyewitnesses. As usual, like, I, like the ones I brought up tonight, I want to point out that there are so many eyewitnesses on all of this stuff. Because the way this goes down is, like I said, if the government can't take the official narrative and boil it down to just a few talking points, this is what you get. You get almost mass hysteria here. How would you feel, right? You're just uh, going about your business and these flying saucers start showing up and shooting people. And not only that, right? Getting puncture wounds, radiation burns. And some of these clinics or hospitals in the area, they were actually being uh, uh, overrun with victims that had, you know, uh, you, you see it now. They're like, oh, uh, you know, the victims of, uh, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the COVID or whatever, right? It's filling up the hospitals. Well, they were filling up hospitals and like clinics for radiation burns from people being attacked by UFOs in 1977 and 1978. Like how absurd does that sound, right? So, so this continues. Just a little bit, a little bit of actual uh, what happened here. Uh, I've got all the links. As always, you guys know the links are down below. You can all find all this stuff. I've sourced it all, and uh, supposedly they released this these government documents recently. Like in, uh, I think it was the late '90s is when they the gov- the, uh, the Brazilian government actually released the information regarding Operation Saucer. But check this out. It continues right. So they called it Sucker Sucker because they were hit by these lights. The lights actually gave them radiation burns and left puncture marks on their skin. So they thought they were actually sucking out blood through the UFO laser or whatever, right? So this continues, right? This is uh, so br- the Brazilian. So they didn't know what to do. It, and uh, like I said, it was over the course of weeks this happened. It wasn't just one time. It was weeks. People being attacked by these flying saucers, these orbs in the sky, shining lasers causing radiation burns, clearly hysteria. People were freaking out because they didn't know what the hell to do. 
And so here we go. So the panic reached great proportions and led to the creation of a military operation uh, of the Brazilian Air Force dedicated to investigate the subject called Operation Saucer, or Prato, P-R-A-T-O in Portuguese. Uh, so it, it, there we go. The, uh, it would become one of the biggest ufology stories in Brazil, mainly after its ni- uh, in 1997 its commander uh, by the name of Yurang Holanda, uh, publicly, publicly confirmed his participation in the operation. Recently, the operation was revisited in a popular Brazilian TV show and was also the subject of a series of documentaries from the History Channel titled The Brazilian Roswell. Now, that's the craziest part, right? So not, not only do we have tons of witnesses on the ground, literally hundreds of witnesses, they removed the women and children from the area because they didn't want them to get attacked. They were doing nighttime vigils, right, uh, to... to 24 hours a day watch because they didn't want these things to sneak up on them when they were asleep. Like, this is the thing. And then they called in the Brazilian Air Force to help investigate. And back to the Wikipedia article that we started with, which is hilarious again, right? The, uh, what, what was the end here? The, the investigation was closed after finding no unusual phenomena. And we have uh, actual doctors that worked at those clinics that were describing the wounds. <laughs> I mean, this is nuts, right? This is nuts, man. I'm sure you've heard of this one, right, Kelly? We've talked about this before. Yeah, there's actually um, with that too is uh, the uh, but for weeks, man. That's kind of that's kind of crazy, man. That they're just you know what I mean. And what's interesting to me is that you're saying that how it sounds like they're getting puncher holes into their you know into their bodies, like their you know something's being sucked out. It's kind of find what they find when they're you know finding those those bodies that were. Um, like cattle mutilation, but there were human mutilations and almost the exact same thing. It was, you know, a few people that were end up missing and they found their bodies later and they were just like cattle mutilation. So uh, now that you were talking about that, I was actually going through some videos or some photos of some, um, some old video or some old pictures from uh, Peru and Brazil all through down there. It's pretty interesting that they still have, but it's Brazil and Brazil, for me, it seems like it's more violent of any kind of interaction that they have. You know, if you read stories and stuff like that, it seems to be a more of a uh, violent action that's going on down there. It's not just, you know, people being kidnapped or I wouldn't say kidnapped, but like, you know, disappearance of people. But when they find them, you know, they find them in these very weird particular, you know, uh, medical issues that they've had, you know, where it looked like they were, you know, the lower jaw was missing, you know, the eyelids, kind of like the cattle mutilations, you know, where their organs were coming out, they, uh, everything was drained of blood, the, no insects would want to touch the bodies. So, yeah, I mean, get these, this, that's, for me, that's the interesting part about the whole South America thing, besides the, you know, of course, the, the ancient stuff throughout through Peru and Bolivia, but yeah, the whole Brazil thing, I don't know why, but it seems like it's always really violent of some interactions with UFOs down that way. Yeah, like almost like it's a cultural thing. Like, I, but, and I think, you know, so the, the cynical uh, mind I have, you know, the cynical part of my mind, I mean, is what I really mean there, is, is that uh, it makes you wonder if uh, maybe there was some sort of a particular government testing happening, right, in a, those particular areas for who knows what else for the future because this was again 1977 1978 
Uh, there's been like a, a wide, uh, widely known that the government has been doing nefarious tests on uh, civilian populations for a long ass time. MK Ultra, uh, the syphilis, t- uh, syphilis stuff of uh, the South there in the, the old days, uh, where they were uh, infecting African American men with in, with syphilis, and telling them uh, they were giving them uh, a, uh, a a vaccine instead, right? And, and and yeah, so they were actually intentionally infecting them, infecting them with this, so that they could test them and see how long it took for this stuff to set in and kill them, right? Like, I mean, this is and this is right. We got the up here in uh, north north of Vegas, they were letting off nuclear bombs, right? And uh, downwind from uh, from Cedar City and St. George, which now has like a huge spike in cancer you know years and years and years later i mean this is it, it goes on and on and on like the dirty shit that the government's been into and um right i mean so it makes me wonder if there's some correlation with that maybe violent ufo thing because maybe they were like let's test it down there because for whatever reason i don't know maybe press coverage or uh, they could cover it up if something went wrong i don't know man but it is a good point that you brought up that uh, it se- it does seem to be that um, some really insidious shit went down there in Brazil in uh, you know late seventies early eighties and I, I don't know I don't have answers for that but what in the world right yeah it's um it's pretty sad too though, that some people like that have to uh, endure something like that I mean but again you know so these witnesses with your with this story that you're talking about is these things are flying out of the sky you know chasing people around. That shit would be crazy. That would be, for me, that would be insane. You know what I mean? That'd be like straight up war of the worlds. War. Yeah, Let's right, it, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because if there's some UFO chasing me with a laser beam, shit, don't think I'm got no AR with that shit. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna shoot back. <laughs> Hell yeah, like, man. Hell yeah. Like old friend back in the day, I'd be shooting back. You know. Yeah, man, if it's, it, dude, if it's coming after you and giving you radiation burns, I, and that's the sickest part. And so, but then not only that, like I said, there's dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands of witnesses. It's unclear exactly how many people were affected, but there were. They were filling up clinics, treating people for radiation burns, and actually uh, the doctors describing these puncture wounds, which uh, it came to describe the, the term, right, sucker, sucker is what they were calling these things. But nuts, man. Like, and that's why, to me, that's, that's like the top, top. Like, that's, that's War of the Worlds type shit. And once again, right? Was it was it faked? I don't know, man. Like, uh, I think if you probably track down some of those people that were afflicted by that, though, they ain't gonna tell you that's fake. So yeah, who knows yeah. what actually happened? I'm open to believing it's a government op, but uh, if we're talking UFOs and like the top top of uh, craziest shit ever to happen, that's literally world of worlds type shit. And so yeah, that's my number one. Just just for that reason, it's not just sightings. Not only that, so they have actually uh, some of the people down there, the witnesses in the government report, stated that they saw entities inside these orbs. It weren't. It wasn't just like floating orbs. It looked like they were uh, small entities, three to four feet tall, piloting these orbs and shooting lasers at people. I mean, it was 1977. They lasers didn't exist yet, did they? I mean, as a weapon like that, not here, <laughs> not on Earth anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah, crazy shit, man. That, yeah, that that story too. It still bothers me to understand where. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that's like yeah, that is war of the world shit. You know, what I mean, that's why I don't like. I'm not a scared. That's why you know you know my my story, my past, some of the stuff I I've came out on the show and talked about. But I mean, from what I've seen in my life and what I've 
encountered is, I mean, I'm not afraid of any kind of species. I just want to know the questions that everybody would probably ask, you know, is like, where are you from? You know, how long you been here? You know, these stories of these ancient texts that here on this planet, you know what I mean? They got to have some kind of answers or how long they've been around or how many different type species been around, you know, because again, in, you know, in my eyes is still, we're, we are in a galactic war, you know, that my, you know, I, talked about this type of stuff with my, you know, some family members and they asked, you know, my personal opinion, what I thought. And that's what I think that we're stuck in like uh, more or less in a galactic war. The humans are, you know, that if, even if it was, we were created to help something else or, you know what I mean? Like the whole stories that were of old. But uh, again, if that's, that's something that's, uh, that we probably shouldn't even be a, a part of, you know what I mean? It's like we got thrown into because we were a part of a creation of something, you know what I mean? So for me, it's, uh, it's hard to, um, to try to even trust anything that comes from a different planet unless, you know, they show different intentions. And I'm pretty sure that's the, what the government think, you know, the governments have always been doing, you know, you'd have to kind of uh, take that into a perspective you know, like with uh, the story of uh, of uh, Valiant Thor, you know, he, when he came from Venus, he's trying to help out the, the planet. And you know that there was other species here, that but they're malevolent, and that they're, you might, you know, giving us the technologies that, you know, these governments want, but in, in, in what's the trade? You know, is, is the trade even worth it? You know what I mean? So, and, it, you know, like within crop circles, like the other thing that you were talking the other night, you know, is that, you know, you've seen that as well, you know. And also when people, when that guy touched the uh, Remlishan Forest, when he touched the aircraft and saying, you know, beware of, um, you know, false, false, uh, I can't remember the whole thing right now, but it's like beware of false truths or whatever. And that, uh, now somebody's lying out there, man. Somebody's, somebody's lying. Somebody's, uh, Somebody's probably using us, and it's probably even our own government. And uh, I'm just uh, just waiting to see, find out what's going on even more, man. There you go. There you Summer go. Of you, get it done. There you go. Summer of saucers. Let's make this happen. I appreciate it, man. man we got uh, Jay behind you. You're welcome to stay. You can bounce if you want. Up to you. No, man. I'm going to bounce, and uh, you guys have a good evening. And, uh, yes, we are family, all of us, as long as you guys know, we're all here for the same reason. So you guys have a good evening, and we'll talk to you guys later on. Appreciate it, my friend. Talk to you soon. Have a great night. Feel better, okay? You said you are not feeling well last night. Thanks, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, there we go. All right, so whenever you're ready, Jay, uh, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get you on mute if you're, uh, we need some help. I don't have you on mute, mute, but I will if you have some uh, issues. Um, like no. Uh, I'm on, am I there? You're there. Welcome, Jay. Cool. Welcome, Jay. Welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? I'm a good ways behind. Oh. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> delay. Um, wow, Kelly is always awesome for blowing it up, you know, making you really seriously get down and think. One of the things with the whole show and, you know, your top five, you know, one of the ones that really gets me thinking is that one that you did quite a, not too long back, but a little while back was the kids in South Africa, they were just so honest, you know? 
it, it it's hard to do that but then i heard you talk about your favorite today and i was like well yeah that's definitely it you know you got documentation of radiation tents and all the whatnot set up you know i think one of the reasons maybe they're not giving it to us right now and we're not talking about these ones and we're bringing up the tic tacs from a couple of years ago and stuff like that is because if they come out and they tell us what happened in any one of those top five or top ten or on, that they're going to have to admit that they lied. They changed people's lives. If you don't tell the truth, if you don't tell our story about us, we're going to put you out of business. We're going to throw you in jail. We're going to whatever. You know, there, there was probably some really huge lies that went back. I mean, in 1950, if you said you saw a UFO, you know, people look at you funny. You know, they probably would kick you out of the church and not go to your store and hire you to fix their fence or whatever. You know, it's not too far from that now, really. You know, you know, it's a little bit better now because, well, the government admitted it. Kinda, sorta, in their whole <laughs> kind six of. pages, <laughs> in their own dishonest way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> six pages, uh, nothing, which sounded a lot better from you than reading it out loud. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a well, but again, like I say, I just uh, this is sort of a way to reframe the conversation for a new audience. That's really what this is. So, uh, like, like I know, I understand. It's a lot of this is repeat for what we talked about a lot, but it, it's a new way of kind of uh, m- managing the two things and looking at it, looking at it with a critical eye of okay. So if all that old stuff is fake, but all this new stuff is real, well, <laughs> something something doesn't add up, right? And like, wait a so, minute, man. Right. Come Wait on, a minute. Man. You heard my brain. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're telling me the the thing that was a lie a year ago is now the truth. It's that's nutty. Yeah. The lie what nineteen forty seven is when Boswell crashed. The next year this guy's chasing shit over a football field. Yep. Come on. Yep. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. You know, four hundred people, right? Yeah. Saw it. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Weather balloons, right? And this is what the, this is what they keep telling us. It's weather balloons, it's uh, you know, weather inversions, it's a uh, swamp gas, it's a uh, Venus in the night sky. Uh, and once again, right, in many cases we're talking about like aviators, like like combat pilots. You got to be shitting me. No no combat pilot is confusing Venus in the night sky for for a UFO. Get out of here. Yeah, flying upside down along the bay. Yeah, come on. Come on. The waves. <laughs> It's uh, it's yeah. embarrassing. It's embarrassing uh, when when you start talking about how how they've explained away a lot of this stuff. And sure, fine, you know, like I I think that maybe a huge percentage of the stuff is ours, and it maybe always has been. Maybe not, you know, two thousand years ago, like biblical accounts or some like Ezekiel's wheel, something like that, right? Could have very well been, man. <laughs> Time travel. Well, I mean, think about it. Well, I mean, really, I mean, if you want to think about it that way, I mean look at where we are now, you know, economically and everything else like that, you know, climate change and all, we could probably be on a pretty big, huge of a collapse, you know, where within a generation two, people would forget that we used to have planes and cars and all that. Oh shit. But the richest of the rich 
still have that stuff and every once in a while you see one fly by and you consider him a god because you never saw it before i mean has this happened a hundred times before that's why kelly always bros my brain up talking about that ancient stuff you know i don't have as much time to read yeah well i mean all of them maybe there's more than one yeah but i just that's the thing that blows me up is i think we've been all through this a hundred times before probably not maybe four five i mean whatever (laughs) whatever yeah that, I mean, at least once. At least once. And, and the theme is always the same here, right? It's uh, it's that the government is uh, lying to us. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate, but that's it seems to be a recurring theme, doesn't it? Not just currently. The fall of Rome. Yeah, right. You know, the right. fall of Rome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The government was lying to him. Yeah. I, I hope that uh, yeah. I, I hope we're not there. I hope that the correlation is not that uh, the fall of Rome is around the corner because, of course, you know, we've been labeled the new Rome. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not do that. Let's not do that. No. I don't know. If the aliens do come, throw your cell phone down on the ground and stomp it with your foot and run to the woods <laughs> with your slingshot. All right. All right. There we go. That's solid advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh so okay so uh, as we finish this up my man uh welcome back you're back home and uh uh back to the jtros you want to do a jtro you got a quote for us i i do have one um sorry i'm probably going to be spotty here for a while i have to doctor's appointment with the youngest boy that's okay that's okay you're allowed, it's man. Not, yeah. you're allowed to be human yeah it's okay but uh yeah i'll uh bring it up this one's short brief and to the point sure go right ahead you know fear does not stop death it stops life and worrying does not take away tomorrow's trouble it takes away today's peace and no clue who said it it's one of those (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing when you want to be succinct how how incredible you can put such a profound statement into 12 words or whatever right like that's hot man that's hot yeah yeah it's yeah I, I just, I don't know, I really, you know, let's take care of each other. Let's have these conversations with each other about fun stuff, let our minds wander about less of the chaos. Yes, sir. You know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what this is all about. Let's get together. Let's be kind to each other and let's have a conversation. Like I said, uh, we're, we're calling this the uh, Troubled Mind Social Club now because why the fuck not? We get to do what we want to do. And uh, there you go. You want to run us off social media. You want to run us off all these platforms. We've got backups. We've got alternative options and we're proving it. So uh, there it is. It's going to be nice to not have to worry about uh, any of the technocrats breathing down our neck because we might go afoul of the algorithms. They can screw off. That's what I think about it, and that's that. Jay, you are the best, my friend. Thank you, everybody, for calling in tonight. Thanks, everybody, for a thoughtful chat. Thanks for uh, thanks again to Robert for getting us on Rockfin. Thanks to Jaime for uh, allowing us in. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is this is good stuff, guys. I'm uh, having a, having a good time with this, and uh, hopefully, we'll continue these conversations, uh, and we get better and better. That's the goal, right? Better and better, and uh, that's that. That's a wrap. You ready to howl, Jay? I am. Let it rip, buddy. Come come on, you can do better than that. I don't know, Mike. Worst case scenario, I'll buy a trunk line and we can have like 50 people call us all at the same time. Don't give them that. (laughs) (laughs) 
There we go. All right. All right, guys. This is Trouble Minds. I'm Michael Strange. We're here with Jay for the J-Tro or the J-Outro, as it were. Fantastic quote. Thank you. And uh, yeah, this is what we're doing. We're going to continue doing this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific. And we're doing it on, you got it, Rockfin, DLive, YouTube, and Periscope. And we're going to be on the fringe for the first couple hours. And uh, yeah, man, thank, uh, thank you all to everybody, everybody out there. Thanks for being enthusiastic. Thanks for subbing up to the channel. Thanks for supporting us. Most importantly, thank you for spending your time with us. Like I said, it's a, it, it's an honor. You guys could be doing any other thing right now, sleeping or watching a ball game or uh, tuning out to some uh, Don Lemon, but you're not. You're here with us. And uh, like I said, I do not... Uh, I do not take that lightly. I appreciate it very much. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be back tomorrow. And tomorrow at 7 p.m., we're going to be talking about dreams and premonitions in your dreams because, well, there's a new article that came out discussing exactly that. So if you've got good dream stories and have ideas about premonitions and dreams, you're in the right place. You're in the right place as of right now. Thank you for listening. From our troubled minds to yours, have a great night. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details.